Welcome everyone, this is Jim, and it's time for another WW Free. I figured with all this election stuff going on, we can use a break from it, although I do have a quick message, not for one side or the other, but first let me introduce my guest for this WWE Free episode. It is Josiah. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It is... Uh, November 14th at 6.15 p.m., and this is the show where we watch along uh, with a something free on the WWE Network, and then just kind of talk about different topics, wrestling or non-wrestling related. Uh, a lot of been going on on my side with politics, Josiah. Mm. And one thing I've commonly heard, and I kind of have a problem with this, and I've been waiting to record this show to say something about it is this isn't geared towards pro Trump or pro Biden. I've heard like different like wrestling fans. I don't know. I guess just various like forums or YouTube or whatnot or blogs. They're like, I'm not going to get into, I don't really want to get into politics, even though that's what, you know, everything's pretty much been like in the past two weeks. Mm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Really? Because I would argue pro wrestling is the most political thing outside of actual <laughs> politics. So don't tell me that I don't talk about politics or because you do all the time. Absolutely. I don't, and I'm not even just talking about like I'm not this isn't an, an insult to one particular company, but think about what pro wrestling actually is. Two people are, you know, choreographed fighting. And at some point, someone has to convince someone else that one person winning is more beneficial, whether it's for story or for money or like it is the most political thing outside of actual politics. Do you Absolutely. agree? Absolutely. Uh, well, and especially um, especially in the uh, 80s and 90s and really before that, too, uh, uh, like way back in the day when it started, uh, absolutely. Uh, because the wrestlers would politic to uh, get themselves to the top of the card because they would make more money that way. Right. Um, and you had guys like Hulk Hogan deliberately burying people so mm -hmm. that sabotaging them so that he could stay on the top, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, wrestling is absolutely political. Yeah, uh, so I don't want to hear people say I don't like talking politics when you're a pro wrestling fan, basically is what I'm saying. Yep, it's, it's a different kind of politics, but it is absolutely political, for sure. Right, I mean, at least say, I don't really want to talk about United States politics, which is, I have heard some people say, and I've, I get less angered in regards to that. So mm -hmm. Josiah helped me choose this event, and he chose, or he gave me a choice to pick one of two. You want to reveal what those two are? Yes, so uh, on the free tier of the WWE Network this month, they have uh, all the Survivor Series shows available for free, which is great because there's a lot of good shows there. And uh, I picked between two shows that I thought were very good uh, at two different points in the company, and it's amazing how much things change in a year. But uh, Survivor Series 1995 or Survivor Series 1996, uh, and both quite historic shows for different reasons interestingly to note i was actually at survivor series 1996 
Really? Yes, because that was at Madison Square Oh, yeah, because it was in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was very, very young and went there, and I remember a little bit about it. That being said, we're doing Survivor Series 1995, because I don't remember the last time that I have actually seen 1995, whereas I'm pretty sure I've seen 1996 within the last two or three years. And to be honest, too, the, the co-main event, Steve Austin versus Bret Hart, uh, their first match before their famous WrestleMania 13 won, uh, it's really good uh, in 96, but I, I've seen that match probably, you know, 15, 20 times. Uh, right. It doesn't get old. It's a great match, but yeah. So Josiah, go ahead. Tell me know when you're there. I want you to get to the one second mark. We'll give you a little bit here. Make sure your closed captioning is on, and then we'll do a countdown to actually start this. All right. So while and... you do that, let me just explain to people... Um, just basically, just some things that I'm looking to talk about here. Uh, again, it is November 14th, and the big hot topic is the things going on with Zelina Vega. We're going to probably talk about All Elite Wrestling and their games, and probably a bunch of other video game stuff and wrestling stuff. So again, this is certainly a show where it's not 100% focused on wrestling, but we like watching it in the background too. All right, I am there for it. All right, and so we'll go with go. five. When I say play, everyone hits play. We'll count down from five. Five, four, three, two, one, play. All right. All right, so we're starting off with surprisingly not a video package. Because I thought yes. that was... And we're starting off with Mr. Perfect. Uh, yes. I don't know if, if this is coming out on, on my end, but I can hear yours a little bit, so I don't know if there's a way for you to lower that. There we go. I got it lowered. Uh, yeah, now I don't hear it. Good. Okay, so i got to be honest with you. I, I, I'm assuming he's coming out to be an announcer? Yes, he is. Yeah. I he always was... thought he was a terrible announcer. So uh, what happened was he left the company for a little while here. And this was his return, and he was in semi-retirement at this point. Uh, but now we've moved into the uh, into the opening video package with Bret Hart here. Right. The only other time I know that he, I definitely heard him commentate one of the Royal Rumbles that I did with Bill for Eliminated. And I'm just trying to remember which one that was now. DBS, he um, was 93. I mean, you know what? I think it makes sense. He would be 96. Yeah, it could be 96. He could have been 94 as well. But I uh, I think 94 was Randy Savage. No, no. Actually, no, no 94 no. was DiBiase. You know why? Because he was all excited about The Undertaker fighting 10 other people. That's right. That's right. And then That's 95 right. was Diesel and Hart. He could have done Diesel and Hart. I could I could see that. I wish I remembered it. Um, so, what do you remember from this event? Uh, so, I there's actually two things I remember from it specifically. Uh, the there's the women's Survivor Series match that has a bunch of all Japan women in it, uh, which was they didn't know what to expect when they watched it because they never saw women work harder than the men in the ring. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Or like in general at this co- point. Uh, sorry, what's that? Or in general at this point. It's not like they... I don't know if this is the Alundra Blaze having the title era, but even so, she would only defend every once in a while, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Alundra Blaze is in the match, and it was her idea to bring in all the All Japan women. And Vince sees it, and he's like, what am I watching? Because these women were working harder than everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the Bret Hart can keep up with them, of course. But uh, uh, on this card, that match was an unexpected great match. Now, that being and... said, I don't think, and you can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong with this, I don't think they gave you any reason, though, to actually care about the women's match. Oh, it's no, not like not there was really. anything to happen beforehand. No, no, they, they were, uh, it really, that just goes to show how, I mean, the WWF book women's wrestling like that forever, mm-hmm. uh, like where it was just a sideshow act. And, uh, and in Japan, since the 70s, wrestling was not a sideshow act for mm-hmm. women. It arose separately from um, men's wrestling, and it was just as big uh, just as uh, valid a form and you know it wouldn't be mixed cards it, it would be all women cards that they run all the time to this day and yeah. still draw and still draw well um not as well as they used to but sure. rest, wrestling took a downturn in in japan except for new japan uh and so that kind of makes sense but they're trying to rebuild that right now with stardom so, so look at look at these weird teams. So on one side yeah. we have Hakushi, Barry Horowitz, Marty Janetti, and I, I I'm, I'm missing who the other one was. It's Skip. Uh, Skip, Skip, the Body Donnas. Oh, Bob Holly. No, no, Bob Holly's the fourth one. And on the Body Donnas side, it's Skip, Zip, um, uh, Tom Rad- Pritchard, and Rad Radford. Yeah, Is Rad Radford. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Talk about an opening Survivor Series match card right here. Is, Ra- is Rad Radford's Louis Piccoli? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. I guess someone else is coming out. Oh, the one, two, uh, three kid. Three kid. So someone of the four we just mentioned is not actually in this match. Yeah. I don't know who, though. I, the Heavenly Body's the one that's out of place, but I, don't, I have a feeling he's supposed to be there. I think... I think Skip is not in it. I, uh, or, uh, sorry, um, the other body Donna, the one that isn't Chris Candido. Okay. Uh, I think he isn't in it. All right. Uh, All right, so like I said, we got a lot of topics here to talk about. Now, obviously, as I said, we're recording this on November 14th at 6.25 p.m., and I say this because I still don't really have a great grasp on... Um, when WWE, oh, there's oh, Razor, Razor Ramon coming out for he's going out oh, for the one, two, three kid, yeah. one, two, three kid, because the uh, he just turned on Razor recently. Because I don't have a great grip on when WWE actually changes their their free tiers, so I always give a date to make sure, like, hey, this is when we recorded and it was available on this date. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um. My guess is since it's a Survivor Series themed, more than likely whenever this year's Survivor Series happens, that'll be when it changes on Monday or Tuesday of that week. Mm. Uh, Okay, so I was going to talk about Zelina Vega, but I'm like, you know what? I I don't want to start off with a real downer topic, 
So we're going to start off with All Elite Wrestling and their gaming stuff. Yeah, that's a good topic. What did, right you, what did you think? There was this big presentation with Kenny Omega. Um, who else was there? I'm sorry. Uh, Britt Baker, Cody was there. Um, I'm trying I to remember who else was there. I, I, I can look it up. I remember that Britt Baker I was like, why in the world is she here? And, and ultimately, I still don't know if I have an answer for that. <laughs> they should have. I mean, I, and I like Britt. I think she's got a great character in AEW, but it just felt very much like, I don't know, like very forced somehow. That being said, they announced three games, no release yeah. dates. Um, they announced their main game. Uh, and showed some footage of Jericho and Omega and Sheeta, but really not that much. Then they also mm-hmm. announced a mobile game, uh, which is apparently GM Elite or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And again, no release date, but we know that it's happening now. And then the last game that they mentioned... I don't really know what platform it's on, but supposedly there's like a gambling game. Yeah, I think it's mobile as well. It's a Casino Double or Nothing. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a, a poker, basically poker and casino games. What were your thoughts on all three of them? I obviously wish there was a release date, but I understand why there probably isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have some hesitations on certain things and some issues with their presentation. And let me hear well, from your side first. Well, the Elite GM one sounds interesting, uh, but it, it sounds like it's going to be a more casual version of what you would get with uh, uh, TEW Total Extreme Wrestling or uh, what was formerly uh, Extreme Wrestling Revenge EWR, um, basically a booking sim. Um, I don't know if you ever played any of those games, but they're very good. I've, I've uh, heard of them. Yeah, they're they're probably the best uh, the best wrestling booking sims out there. Um, GreyDogSoftware.com is where you can look them look okay. them up. Uh, EW twenty twenty came out a few months ago, and uh, it is a fantastic game. Um, and you you pick a promotion out of a list and you book to your to your content. Uh, try to take over the wrestling world um, and uh, compete against other promotions, those kinds of things. So if it's something similar to that, like a, a booking sim similar to that, that will be fun. Um, the casino game, I don't really care about very much. I might download it just to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't see myself playing that very much. Um, as for the, and it actually kind of seems weird, but I guess it makes sense with the the double or nothing theme they're going for. Yeah, I mean, but that and that's you know you have like all out and you know like mm. it's they have that that theme they have the casino set. So my question is this in regards to that one: Does can it involve actual money? Can you actually gamble on that? That's a good question. That's a good question. That they're probably going to have to uh, to. Well, I'm assuming we'll be getting an answer to that soon. Right. Uh, and then, so so one of my biggest things, problems with the elite general manager thing, you know what the first thing, when they showed the screenshot for it, you know what the first thing that came into my mind was? What's that? Microtransactions. Ah. Uh, 
Yeah, that's I not good. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, this is going to... I mean, I'm hoping it's not that bad, but I mean, I can see you being like, well, you know what? You can pay for this bundle to have your people be a little bit higher on your list, you know, to upgrade them and stuff like that. It's the first thing I thought yeah, of. Yeah, I hate microtransactions. I would rather pay... You know, nine ninety nine for a game or something like that, mm. or a mobile game, and have everything, and have everything, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 just pay for DLC content as it comes out or something like that. To, yeah, because you have a choice packs. if you if you because usually the DLC content on things, you can still enjoy the game. It's not. It's just like if you really enjoyed it, buy this and you get a little bit more of it. But you're fine if you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and really, uh, like with my practice with. Um, console games and stuff like that with dlc is if it's a if it's a game i know i'm going to enjoy the story of and i want more of it later i'll buy the dlc every time uh as long as the it adds a significant amount of story content uh, i will enjoy it but if it's only adding cosmetic things i don't care uh but yeah uh, that that's a that would be a concern right there um i wouldn't I personally, I would not want to play a game filled with microtransactions. I hate those kind of games mm-hmm. um, where it's pay to win. Yeah. And, uh, now, if if you can play it without the microtransactions and still makes diff- a single or a decent progress and stuff like that, then that's fine. Yeah. I'll probably I'll probably enjoy it. But. Yeah, that's like my Disney Kingdoms that I'm currently playing, where I'm mm-hmm. building my own, not building my own little park, but it's you have Disney characters and I can easily pay probably ten dollars to unlock winnie the pooh but i think i'll just try to earn my way there bob holly just eliminated tom pritchard with a flying crossbody and then uh, yeah holly's out with skip uh and we're see we saw hakushi in there with rad radford earlier and it was actually really good (laughs) Uh, well it helps that they're both good workers yeah Uh, the workers in this match are really good uh even barry horwitz uh, I know he's a jobber, but he was still a good worker. And this is hot uh, off the heels, I'm sure, of Horowitz wins. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He would have been out there if, he, if it wasn't. So, and then looking at the main game, I, I didn't... I don't know how I felt about their their presentation. Like, I was like, okay, cool, a little gameplay, fine. And then they were like, you could have legendary matches, and then it was like, Sheeta came in, and I'm like... No one that I know of before this was saying, I want to see Kenny Omega versus Hikaru Shida. <laughs> Not yeah. to say that that wouldn't be good, because it might be very good, but I mean, what I thought they were going to do is, honestly, I thought they were going to just reveal some legend that maybe they had secretly signed <laughs> just for this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Skip, Skip just did a uh, Frankensteiner on Hakushi. Mm-hmm. Then got up and face planted on the mat with a flare flop. <laughs> Let Horowitz go. Horowitz is pumped. He's patting himself on the back and he didn't got, do anything. Yeah, got to psych it up. Um, yeah, I. Uh, as far as the the video itself, well, I'm more excited about um, the director mm-hmm. of the game sure. uh, because they they announced it was the same director of No Mercy and and WCW NWO Revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, or WrestleMania 2000 that was doing the game uh, meaning this is the first time that guy has produced a wrestling game since then I think uh, and 
if it's going to have the same guy behind it, I expect they will capture some quality gameplay from it. But, but again, wrestling games, I've been burned by them a lot. Uh, sure. Well, the WWE ones in particular. Uh, Fire Pro is great, but the WWE games have not been good. I mean, it's been so uh, bad they didn't even have one come out this year. Right, right. And really, in reality... They shouldn't come out every year. No, and, and the truth is they haven't been good for a long time. Absolutely. it's It's been the same game over and over again with mildly updated graphics, or in some cases, downgraded. Per... The, the last one I think I was into was, I think, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. And the reason yeah. that was because that had the better GM mode. They had a GM mode after that, but it wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, Hakushi just got kicked in the back of the head by one, two, three kid, and Rad Radford pinned him. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, so much for that Hakushi babyface run. Right, um, but you know, I, like I said, it's my. Th- I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to answer first, but I want to know from you what is important to you, since I know that you are a fellow gamer, which is this is what's unique about this WW uh, WW free is because Bill, as much as well, we can talk like forever about pro wrestling, his gaming is a little bit limited. What mm-hmm. do you want from this? What's important to you from the AEW game? And do you want to hear my answer first? Uh, I'll hear yours first, and then okay. and then I'll, I'll chime in with mine. First off, I don't need everybody on the roster in it. I would like it to be... I don't know, like 20 people. And I want it to be, and the reason I want it to be 20 people is because I want them to really focus on the gameplay aspect. I think that's one of the reasons WWE's is so terrible is because they have so many people on there, but yet, like, you don't really care about 90% of them. But the effort goes into actually creating each and every single person, their moveset, the way they interact with other wrestlers during the match. Like, it's still time. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would like a focus on the gameplay and have less of a roster. Um, Then if, you know, it goes well and everyone likes the gameplay, then yeah, start working on a bigger roster now that you have a base to start with. And just, just add them as DLC. Like, uh, yeah, I guess really? it depends how much it would be and how many. Uh, I think they should just stick with that and just save the rest for the the the, the rest the, the rest the next game whenever that would be. Well, that makes sense too. Uh, but I, I honestly think um, you could do instead of doing the yearly release, do uh, every two to three years, mm-hmm. and just re- release roster updates as as cheap DLC. Uh, like five bucks or something like that. That's not a bad idea instead of doing every year. But see, I don't know. That might be a... I feel like that might be a contractual thing for the same reason that you get a new NBA game and a new NFL game every single year. year. I think that's more of a contractual thing. Now, did AEW sign a contract that says that? We'll find out probably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, and I don't want them to get into the yearly release because if it's a yearly release thing, the truth is I'm probably not going to buy it every year. Right. Uh, uh, it's just I I would rather put my money towards a game where I know that it's it's not just the yearly yearly release. Um, You're just getting an updated roster, basically. Ex- yeah, exactly. 
exactly. Uh, I would like to see significant improvements or changes or new uh, new modes, those kinds of things. Right. Oh my, Barry Hort was just pinned Rad Radford. I think the uh, other thing that's important to me is, other than, than that, because I don't really, I'm not that, I get why people are, but I'm never that person like that. The graphics need to be amazing. Oh, I agree. Like, I agree. I'm def- I, but I would like a nice story mode on there. Yes, and that actually brings to what I what's the most important to me. It's not graphics. It's two things. Gameplay, like you said. Uh, I want that to be really smooth. I want that to be fun. Uh, it doesn't have to be a perfect simulation or anything like that. It just needs to be really good. Yeah. Uh, like when, when you play, um, and I still have it. I, I have no mercy right here with my Nintendo 64. Uh, and, uh, I still, I still play it sometimes. And the game is just so much fun to play. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, like it, it has never stopped being fun for me to play. Um, and it did have a fun story mode. Uh, it wasn't a perfect story mode, but it was a fun story mode. Right. And I would love to see a really good career slash story mode like that. Like, it, it would be interesting if you could. Yeah, like I, I, and even uh, even then, I wouldn't want like a um, a set. You know, you're going to wrestle for a year and then retire type story mode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I like one that I'm not sure how it would work. But maybe you can have some generated stories and really where it's based around combat. It's, it's not that hard to come up with a simple story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have a career mode where you, you are a wrestler. Uh, maybe you start on the indies and you work your way up to the AEW main card and, uh, and then get a title shot, win the title, defend it for a while, and retire after a few years in-game or something like that. I wouldn't even uh, mind if it was something like you can do a st- side story. Like, it doesn't... Like, you're going for the, the championship, obviously. That's always, like, the number one goal. But, like, then you can do, like, a side story with the inner circle, assuming that yeah. they're going to be in there as a group. Like, you know, maybe you want to join... I know this is too high hopes for me, but did you ever hear of the, um, have you ever played Mass Effect, the series? Yes, I have. Yep. I would love if it was something like that, where you can, like, make choices and kind of determine how, like, if you're going to be a good guy or a bad guy, and then somehow for the next game, it carries over. That would be cool. That would be cool. And then even if you didn't play the previous game, what Mass Effect, for those that haven't played Mass Effect... What they would do is they, I, if I remember correctly, like if you didn't play one but you played two, they give you a preset questions of like, would you do this or would you have done that to determine yeah, and, where you would have been when Mass Effect 2 came out. Yeah, it lets you make all the major choices. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, I actually like that idea. And that gives a, if it is a yearly release game, that gives you motivation to buy it every year because you get to continue your character's story. Mm-hmm. And well, and I think if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be AEW since they keep oh. touting that like we're going to be different. We, I mean, they do it all the time. Like we're the alternative. I mean, maybe that's not their words, but um, I've certainly a lot of people believe you know that to be the case. Um, 
Marty Janetti just hit an unbelievable powerbomb off the top rope on on, uh, Chris Candido. Are we down to just the kid and Janetti? We are. Yeah, and uh, Janetti pinned... He he pinned Candido after that because he was dead. So... (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. This was a really good match. Yeah, well, you know, because they're all... They were, for the most part, all fast people. Yeah, all all good workers. Yeah. Um... Uh, so as much no. as insane nowadays. He's he was a good worker. <laughs> All right. So what else do you want to say about the video games? And then we'll get to whatever your first topic is going to be. So I'm certainly interested. Uh, graphics are probably the least important thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I care more about gameplay. I mean, I don't want it to look like a PlayStation Two game. Right. Uh, but well, yeah. that was pretty funny. That part when he when he showed the first thing, quote unquote console thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's funny uh you know what though they probably could make money releasing a retro pixel style game sure uh, it works for like... the dragon quest series did you know yeah. do you, have you heard you know the dragon quest series right yeah no? okay so you know that they came out with dragon quest 11 and then they came out recently with a dragon quest 11 i believe it's x and one of the options is you go through the regular story, but you could do it in 8-bit. That's cool. I like that. I mean, it sucks that they did a real shit thing to me, though, where, like, I had bought the original on PlayStation 4, and um, it's not like you can buy it as DLC. You have to download, you have to get the whole game again to get that edition. Oh, that sucks. That's that pretty sucks. shit. Uh, AEW, yeah, make notes. Don't do anything like that. Yeah, I, I was thinking of... Uh... I was thinking of picking up Dragon Quest sometime soon. Uh, I'm I'm playing through a few different JRPGs right now, so uh, I uh, that's kind of like Persona Five Royal, which added uh, an entire semester to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, there's Sid. Why? Why is he? Oh, because he was with the One Two Three Kid. I was just yeah, say, why is he? They're both here? with uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, why don't you you give me a topic to? Uh... To, to start discussing then if we're done with a the only thing i will say at the end here with AEW games surprisingly i am very much interested in that casino game if you can bet real money i'm very interested uh yeah like that has no appeal to me but i can see how it would appeal to different people so uh it could be it could be a fun thing to to I'm gonna, like i'm gonna look into it i'm gonna be interested in it right. when it's released so all right why don't you give us the next topic uh, let me see. I'll see the ones I wrote down. Uh, I only uh, we have PS5 versus Xbox. That All right. So a, where are you standing I'm, on it? I'm probably going to go with PS5. Uh, I, well, I uh, I have all of Sony's previous stuff. Uh, I I have been a Sony guy for a while. Um, it's not that I have anything against the Xbox, but it's just. Uh, I prefer the exclusives as well mm-hmm. to uh, with Sony. Like I, I like uh, I like all the exclusives they've announced uh, and uh, any future stuff released by Naughty Dog. I'll I'll pick up like um, Uncharted or the then there's the Horizon Zero Dawn game right. the, or the new Horizon uh, Horizon the Forbidden well, West. Yeah, there you go. That's that's going to yeah. be a PlayStation exclusive. So I can definitely understand why. You get PlayStation and, based on that. We, by the way, the one two three kid is the sole survivor. Indeed, he is. And Morty Genetti was like looked like he was choking on his own tongue. 
By the way, is, is Gennetti going to jail or not? What's going on with him? No, no, okay. not. No, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think... Since he, he apparently complete, murdered someone. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he completely made up what he said. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I think police, or as far as I know, I haven't heard anything about anything since then, but uh, I the police checked into it as far as I understand. I don't know what, I guess because Gennetti's on my screen, that's like, I do that. Like, if someone's on my screen... Something in this room, or something random that happened with them in the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I haven't heard anything really about it since then, but Janetti's he's out of his mind. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, but... so so for me, uh, here's here's my, where I stand with this. First off, I'm too busy playing Melody of Memories to even think about it. The new Kingdom Hearts game, the rhythm game. Yeah. So I'm already too involved in that to even. I knew that this wasn't going to be a first day thing for me um i'm oh. still having problems yeah i know razor's throwing a tantrum he threw he broke a but why why, why is he so why is, one, two, three, kid, one? why is rikishi fatu wearing an undertaker shirt <laughs> oh this might be the one where they're teaming with them ah uh, yeah yeah that might be the the team In of fact, Dark- that might be the team with ramon right there actually that that sounds oh, right savio yeah. Godwin. Oh my gosh, Shane Douglas is Dean Douglas. I forgot about that. Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Oh, this is also the one with the wild card match they did once and they never bought back again. Yep, although it is pretty much what they do now every year with Raw versus SmackDown. I guess that's true. Are they, they doing throw... Raw versus SmackDown this year again? Yep. How? Throwing... They Heels just did the... a brand split like a month yeah. ago. Yeah, and they were, the whole build of the brand split was you'll never see these guys on the same show again. Oh, my God. And, and literally every week since then, they have all been on the same show. <laughs> I don't know. I gave I, My final straw was when Otis lost the, the briefcase, and I was like, you know what? He was the last person I cared about. I'm, I'm on my way out here. I'm, I'm so sorry that I committed in August that I would do Royal Rumble 2021. Uh, otherwise, I'd be completely out now at this point. Uh, just yeah. Like, like in, in a span of like two months, they made me like three people and then made me not care about them. The Fiend, um, Otis, and Jey Uso. All three of them. I was like, you know, I'm all about these people. And they were able to find a way for me to not care about all three of them. I did. So I haven't watched WWE television in forever. I'll openly admit that. Oh, here you go. Here's your women's match. Look, they don't even get entrances. That's really sad. Uh, well, Bert the Fae kind of got an entrance. Oh, wait, no, it's not all of them. It's just the one team. It's just, uh, I think it's the heel team yeah. that's in the ring already. Um, yeah, I uh, I was, uh, I'm okay with turning uh, Jay heel and having him join Roman after all that. It's literally uh, the one, I remember it's literally the one thing I said to Ross when the Jey Uso thing started. I was like, the only thing I don't want is for him to actually join up with, with Roman Reigns. And, it yeah, and, that, and, like, and that is what ended up happening. Although, yeah. to be fair, I was turned off before that when they did, when I found that they did, hell, they were going to do Hell in a Cell. Because hmm. the, the reason that I was interested in Jey Uso is not because I gave a damn about Roman Reigns. I just thought Jey Uso was like this underdog story that I can really get behind. And then he lost, which is fine. I get that, you know, and there was a lot of talking in that match. I remember that much. Um, like 
during the match. Like, they thought it was freaking theater or something. Um, mm. But then, when he was like, yeah, I'm, we're going to do a rematch, and it's Hell in a Cell, I'm like, but you didn't earn that. That's no longer being an underdog. Nothing has changed. You had no obstacles put in front of you to earn this other title shot at all. Well, well I find with the WWE shows, they don't think about how to get to the match. They just think we need a match, and so we got to fill it. And yes, it, yeah. it, it's part of the reason why I hate the theme pay-per-views. Yeah. Uh, like, Hell in a Cell should only happen as a feud ender. It, it kind of made sense for Sasha and, uh, and Bailey. Um, but even then, I, I would have felt like they could have built it for, and had a few regular matches first before the Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Um, but how WWE does things now is also backwards. Yeah, I guess, and then, like I said, Otis losing the briefcase, that was pretty much it. Fiend, I guess, whatever, like, I was done on him a few weeks ago, because now he's just, in my opinion, the poor man's version. Oh! Uh, that was a pretty intense <laughs> kick. Do you know who any of these people are? Like, they didn't they didn't even give them title cards. No, which is unfortunate, but uh, it's Aja Kong, Bertha Faye, Linus Asuka, and Tomoko Watanabe. Look at this, right? Before, way before Cesaro did it. Yep. And uh, then uh, it's uh, Alundra Blaze, Chaparita Asari, uh, Kyoko Inoue, and Saki Hasegawa. So uh, Linus Asuka is probably the biggest name in there. Uh on the heel team. But anyway, um, like I was saying, so they basically turned Fiend into poor man's Joker and Harley Quinn, so I'm out on them. Mm. So, I'm like I said, once Otis was done, I was like, nah, I think I'm done. Because at this point, it's like, who am I even... Oh. Who am I even cheering to have fight for the title at this point? Like, in a, <laughs> in a main WrestleMania match. I don't think there's anyone. I don't want any part-timers. I just don't know what, what in the world you can do to make me interested at this point. Chaparita just did a Stardust press, and Vince McMahon's reaction was, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but going uh, back to the PS5 versus the um, Xbox. So, one of my things is that the Xbox Game Pass looks really good. Like, I looked yeah. at both the PlayStation Game Pass and the or whatever PlayStation calls theirs, and the Xbox Game Pass... And the Xbox One, I thought, was, like, way better. Uh, I I was impressed with the 20 free games you get with the PlayStation Plus collection. Uh, I haven't seen all the games you get with the Game Pass, but 20 free games is uh, pretty good uh, on the PlayStation side. I guess because the thing is, what they, Xbox has franchises that I like that I would want to play again. Like, for example, the Fable games. They have that. I don't know if you ever played those. Um, uh, I've never played them, but it is a franchise I was looking... F- I, I kind of want to get into, and it's one of the things I would be tempted to buy an Xbox for. I think the old the Mass Effect series is on there. Um, although I heard now that Mass Effect is re-releasing those games, so I guess that really doesn't matter if it being on there now. Um, yeah, uh, all, all three games have been, uh, been out for the PlayStation 3 for a while as and well. Then, so. And then apparently they're going to... Yeah, but there's no backwards cut capability with PlayStation 3 and 4 and 5. Uh, 5 and 4, there is backwards compatibility, though. Well, there's no, there's no way for me to play Mass Effect Trilogy right now on PlayStation. Until the Legendary Edition releases, yeah. Right. Um, and then apparently they're having a new game come out, which 
surprisingly, I'm less excited about because Andromeda, oh! Andromeda was Holy maybe God. one of the glitchiest games I've ever seen in my life. Azure <laughs> Kong just got dropped on her head. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um, unsafe-looking moves, I'll say. Well, that's all Japan women for you. <laughs> Oh this, my goodness! But you know, you know what the real travesty about this is, though. Looking at it, the audience could not give a fuck because WWE didn't give them a reason to give a fuck. Oh, and my and my myself is probably included. Like when I was watching this, I can guarantee you I probably did not care about this match. Yeah, that's probably true. Even when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Asha Kong just ran over. Was Asha Kong supposed to be in AEW? Didn't she make an appearance and that went nowhere? Now that I'm thinking about yeah, it, she's made a few appearances, but I don't think they, she's been able to come back because of well, COVID hit. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. They hinted at a match between her and Austin Kong. Right, that's what it was. Although Pat came back. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I imagine Aja Kong is working uh, the indies in, uh, in Japan and right. just really want to travel. So anyway, uh, so the, the Xbox Game Pass is way better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And But at the same time, PlayStation has the exclusives usually that I like the most. For example, Dragon Quest is usually a PlayStation thing. Kingdom Hearts is usually a PlayStation thing. Um, and sometimes I feel like the Tales series is a PlayStation thing, too. You tend to... I think you have easier access uh, with the Tales series uh, on PlayStation, because uh, they ha- they seem to remaster all the old ones quite frequently for the newer systems. Right. Uh, Final and... Fantasy is obviously another one that you're like, okay, they'll probably be on the... If they are exclusive, they're on PlayStation. Although, surprisingly, be- 15 is on both, the Game Pass and the PlayStation 1. I do believe Final Fantasy 16, when it comes out, is uh, PlayStation exclusive for the first six months. Oh, so, that's how they're doing it, okay. Yeah. Uh, and the Final Fantasy 7 remake, it comes to PlayStation first as well. So Surprisingly, yeah. I haven't been jumping on the Final Fantasy 7 remake. I, I, was- I, I think my issue is I like my turn-based games. Uh, yes, yeah, because it's not a traditional turn-based no, RPG, for sure. Uh, I, I prefer turn-based too myself, actually. I don't uh, I don't like action RPGs as much. With that being said, uh, I really enjoyed the Final Fantasy VII remake. You know I thought, what, you know I thought it, it was really good. You know what it reminded me of, the, uh, the, the gameplay of that? And I'm not saying it's big, because I actually don't mind action RPGs either. But it did remind me, of, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know if you played this, Final Fantasy Oh my say twelve? The one with lightning in it? Yeah, yeah. It was very similar to Final Fantasy twelve. Mm-hmm. It was like a more refined system of that. Yeah. So I don't know, like I said, I still I'm still I'm probably not even gonna think about getting one until I finish Melody of Memories, uh the Kingdom Hearts game. So but it's it's gonna be a while before I get one. Uh I it won't be into next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, until I get a PlayStation 5, for sure. Um, mainly because I didn't pre-order, and I knew I was going to have to wait anyways. And at this stage, uh, all the games being released aren't necessarily superior on the PlayStation 5, like uh, Watch Dogs Legion or uh, 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla. They're, they are PlayStation 4 games that got PlayStation 5 releases, mm-hmm. uh, which means they just load faster and have slightly better graphics. The gameplay is exactly the same. There's no expanded story or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and uh, when I get the PlayStation 5, I get the free upgrade. Oh, okay. So uh, I was like, well, I can just buy it now, and I have, uh, I already, uh, technically, I own two or three PlayStation 5 games right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just play them over there when I get a chance. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like I said, I have some time too. I'll I'll figure it out eventually. Um, but yeah, like you said, I still have my Switch regardless. So, and I've been playing that because I've been playing this fitness game called Ring Fit Adventure. Have you ever heard of that? I have, but I have not played it's it. It's crazy, and I'm gonna be so fit because of it. Because That's it's awesome. actually fun doing. I, all you actually need to do. Exercise, like I mentioned on Instagram, exercise can be fun, but only if it's in a turn-based uh, RPG. Because that's what it is, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Okay, that sounds fun. But the, the see, the only thing that I'm borrowing it from someone, the only reason that I'm, that I'm not picking it up for myself, though, is because there are literally no other games that need this ring that it comes with. Hmm. If there were, like, two other games that I knew were coming out, I'd consider it, though. But, uh, yeah, that sounds like a fun game, though. I might have to check that out. It's I, like very my, tiring. I, Get ready for a workout. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's uh, one of those I, things where they put your, they have one Joy-Con get put on on, a, on your leg in a leg strap, and then the other one's on this ring, and that's how they know when you're running and doing stuff. Okay, so it, it really, it's a pretty accurate tracking. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, uh... I, well, I do DDP yoga and stuff like that, so... Oh, do you? That How was, is that? Good. Really good. Uh, I can't... I actually can't recommend it enough. Uh, Any time I do it, I feel much better after I work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's done... It's very good for my back and my, my joints. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I'm not really doing it... It's not about weight loss or anything like that for me. Right. Uh it's just about getting in shape, and uh, I'm very much so breathing very hard at the end of every workout. <laughs> so, so uh, it works. <laughs> How long would you say it takes you to do a session? It all depends on the ones that they they have scheduled for you that day, because mm-hmm. uh, you, you can they can set up a schedule for you depending on your experience level, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Usually about twenty minutes, thereabouts. Aja Khan won. Indeed, she did with a brutal spinning back fist. Uh, you can tell um, based on the close captioning. Jim Ross was very impressed with this match. Right. <laughs> he was putting it over Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon had no idea what was happening. <laughs> just like, he's just like, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> he, he saw Aja Kong out there killing people with uh, stiff shots and stuff like that, and he's he's not even understanding. She just flipped someone off. Another show in the replay. Uh, oh, big spinning back fist. This was a really good match. Yeah, that that was a really good match. Um, All right. So since we're gonna transition from these women to another woman. As we're watching... Oh, fake Bill Clinton. Yeah, fake Bill Clinton. I forgot that they 
did this, I feel even at Survivor Series, I feel like this is, they bought out the pre- fake presidents during Survivor Series and, like, not it, anywhere else. I think they did it at WrestleMania 10 as well. Did they? Oh. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. But anyways. Um, he's been watching Bambio since he was a little boy and throwing pebbles and, you know, that's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Are the two guys in the back supposed to be the Secret Service men? I think so, yeah. The ones standing around Well, him. they're doing a terrible job, because what if he's attacked from the front? Yes. <laughs> now, here's Bam Bam now. Okay, well. Bam, oh, Bam. wait, I know who this is. I know who he's fighting. You know who he's fighting? Uh, oh, um, is it Goldust? I think so. I think this is his debut. Oh. Uh, this is this oh, is the, py- the pyro went off and the secret Ser- service people freaked out. This is <laughs> a mullet on that secret service agent. <laughs> this is this is when Goldust was great, like as the actual gimmick when he was touching himself and I'm excited. He was downright creepy. Um, okay, so I give mention before transitioning from two women to another woman, Zelina Vega. Mm. <laughs> it took us what like an hour to get here at this point. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you... I'm going to get a drink. Why don't you start giving the background of things that have happened in the past um, 24 hours? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Uh, again, at 7.03 p.m. on November 14th. So, yeah, I'll give a bit of the background leading up to what happened yeah. in the last four hours. Um, basically, uh, once WWE announced they were cracking down on third-party stuff meaning Twitch accounts, Cameo, those kinds of things. Uh, It was a very unpopular choice with some of the wrestlers, meaning they would have to turn over their Twitch accounts to WWE, and they would, even if they were using their real names, uh, so they would end up having to hand over all that, and WWE gets a cut of um, the money coming in from their Twitch, and the money they make off of it that they get goes towards their downside. Um, basically, it, it, WWE saw these people making money on Twitch and decided, no, well, we can't have that. Right. Uh, additional money. And um, for people like Paige, for example, she released a very emotional uh, discussion with her fans on Twitch and talked about how because she can't wrestle anymore, this is what she has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she not said, to mention, didn't, 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 it's hard to interrupt, but not to mention also, didn't they have her as a manager, but then now wrote her off as a manager for months at this point? Yeah. She was the uh, general manager on SmackDown. And then she was the manager of, uh, Oscar and Kyrie for right. a bit. And then they wrote her off. Uh, and in her, it was really heartbreaking hearing her talk about it because, it's clear that she wishes she could still wrestle. Uh, and she said, I literally broke my neck twice for this company and they're trying to take away my Twitch. The, my connection to the fans, the, where, where she goes and hangs out. She has a, a community that she built there with those fans. Uh, and she's making a good amount of money from it. Um, because she can't, if, and, this is uh, goes back to the pay structure in WWE, and it's not very talk, not talked about very often. But women, the women make way less than the men in WWE, far, 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 far less. You'd be shocked. Uh, even the top women like Charlotte Bailey and Sasha make 
so much less than the men do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's hard to or like watch Sasha and Bailey. It's hard. It's hard to argue that they were not the top draw on SmackDown forever. I, I would argue that. Uh, maybe Roman. Roman is, but no, only because they're also part of the what was it? The lowest rated Raw non-holiday since its existence. It was them against the whoever the uh, who was it? Um, Kyrie and who's her partner? It was Kyrie Sane's partner again? Uh, Oscar. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, and, and, that's no, true. And, and, and honestly, I'm I'm only going to push back on this because. I think it's a history in WWE, whether you want to say it's their fault or not, that women don't draw in WWE or really North American wrestling. Well, on um, in the lead up to Hell in a Cell, the highest rated segments involve Sasha and Bailey mm. on SmackDown. Uh, the, I I remember reading about it uh, in the Observer and all that. They they did quite well. Uh, so, so I, guess, I, I, I guess, personally don't go by segments, but okay, I'll you know it is what it is. Um, my uh, my point is this: is that like I said, I, I'm I'm not that surprised by that at all. I mean, if there's a reason why Evolution Two didn't happen, because the first one barely sold out, if I remember correctly. Uh, with that being said, like if you're going to push the women as a main event act, they should be paid with main event money. Um, I think that's more of a PR thing, if we're honest. But but it is it is an issue of, of fairness in that regard. Like, if Sasha and Bailey are working a Hell in a Cell match, and Randy Orton and Drew are working a Hell in a Cell match, mm-hmm. and Sasha and Bailey work a much harder match physically, um, which they did, their match was brutal. Physically, I, I only saw clips. I of didn't it. see it at all, so I can't vouch for any of this. Uh, they they killed each other. Like <laughs> they, well, you can tell it's best friends in the ring against each other because whenever it's best friends facing each other, they kill each other. Um, and uh, it was well, either either way. The, I'm sorry, we're, we've gotten totally off topic here. We're supposed to be about the well, stuff. Well, I'll I'll get back to that because it, it does tie around. Oh, that was really bad. Uh, did you see that? I on, did. On the he Gold went for the hit. Kind of Goldust went for the hit and just completely whiffed Bigelow. Yep, yep. Uh, so women make substantially less on their contracts, so their downsides are significantly lower. Meaning, let's say I'll just throw a number there. John Cena made five million a year, sure, like that. Uh, Charlotte might make two hundred or three hundred thousand. Uh, and her downside is probably like a hundred thousand. Uh, whereas you compare that to um, some of the other women, Paige's downside is probably significantly lower. It's probably like fifty thousand, sixty thousand a year, uh, which is not—it's not terrible money. But bear in mind, if she was on the road selling merch, uh, if she was on TV, she'd be getting. Uh, bonuses on top of that and she would make significantly more than that but now she's at home doing nothing right and not she, only is she not doing not only is she doing nothing because look i've definitely said lots of i definitely have been against Paige before but i'm not against her with this at all right when you look at it this way and i'm saying this because that way everyone someone's like 
oh, I'm sure, like, Paige is his favorite wrestler. No, she's by far not my favorite wrestler whatsoever. I've bashed her plenty of times. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, what annoys me is that, for Paige at least, is, I mentioned before, you gave her a manager role, general manager and then regular manager, and then took it away. You're literally not yep. doing anything with her. Why is this... If she's and from what I understand, she's going by like her real name, which is like Saria or something like that. Yeah, Saria Knight. Whatever yeah. it is. Um, why are you busting her balls? Saria Bevis. Sorry, but yes, yeah. I'm sorry, not balls. I guess why? Why are you busting her chops? Uh, and that's the thing that's really frustrating about it is uh, now I I don't know what uh, so I'm not reporting on it when I said her downside. You know, I said could be sixty thousand. It could be. I don't know what it be what it is. It could be more than that. But regardless, she would be making more if she was on the road, uh, a lot more, because she would be selling merchandise every week. She'd be uh, getting uh, like bonuses for every show that she's on, mm-hmm. um, getting a cut of the uh, ticket revenue and that kind of stuff. And to put it in perspective, right now. WWE is not on the road. Right. They're not selling tickets or anything. And they're more profitable than they have ever been. Mm-hmm. They have never made this much money before. Because they don't have their expensive, and they have the Fox money, and they have the Saudi Arabia money. The Saudi exactly. Arabia money, from what I read, and, and you could tell me if you read this as well at some point, is they're getting more than that than probably they make for one WrestleMania or multiple WrestleManias. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, like, it's 50, that's it's 50. why you get all the big matches there because whatever that they're, they're the ones that are getting the money, giving the money, the Saudi Arabia people. Although mm. I guess you're not getting it now. Yeah, at, at least until the pandemic's over, but that's going to be a while yet. Right. Uh, and, but now you you put that in, and so Paige, it's entirely possible that on her Twitch, she is making more than what she would with just her downside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so get, forcing her to sign a new contract that get, it gets lets WWE get a cut of her Twitch revenue, and then her, her income counts towards her downside, it means she will be forced into making a lower wage. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, see, the thing is, I... First of all, I definitely have a problem with them like trying to force them to sign new contracts for this. But I'm not against if they were like, all right, well, when the contract, for next contract's up, we're going to add this in, in and you can decide if that's what you want to do. Yeah, that, that's that's slightly different. Uh, or, or And some of them, they aren't, they aren't even forcing them to sign new contracts. Some of them, they're just saying, You're, we own you. Mm-hmm. We own your likeness. We own your real name. That's the problem I had. Because I was okay with, like, okay, you're using a WWE name. Okay, I kind of get that. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense because WWE owns the name. Right. Like, like I don't understand how they're saying this to AJ Styles. AJ Styles owns his name. Mm-hmm. He owns the name AJ Styles. Yeah. He should be able to market that however he wishes. Uh, but somehow WWE is forcing him to close down his Twitch account. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people like him or anyone else here uh this was 
for some of them, it wasn't about the money. It was just about interaction with their fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, For people like Paige, this probably made up for some of the income she lost by not being on the significantly. And again, Uh, I'd like to point out that it wasn't her choice not to not to be as a manager or the general manager role that was creative they they put pen to paper and said okay we don't need this character right now and she literally broke her body for this company Mm -hmm. and this is what they're doing to her and then when we go back to zelina vega Zelina Vega. Now, did is, you did you mention about everything that? Because I remember I had to go get a drink. Um, did you mention about like her getting fired and all that? So we're we're getting to that right now. Right, actually, sorry, I'm a little ahead. Of uh, so Zelina Vega, leading into the the new hero, uh, with all this, she she decided apparently, and this was a big reason why they let her go. They fired her, was because she wasn't going to stop doing Twitch. And she wasn't going to let WWE take over her account. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because she's making enough money on Twitch that she's probably making more than what she would in WWE on her downside. Sure, that can make sense. Uh, and people have done the math, and it's not it's not an excessive amount of money that she's making. Right, she's not like Markiplier. <laughs> uh, like she, she's not making. She's not. She's not a millionaire. <laughs> she's far from it. Right. Uh, I think. I think she might be making a little bit over a hundred thousand a year on Twitch, if, mm-hmm. if with her current subscriber count. Mm-hmm. Um, which is more than what she's making in this on, era of WWE. In this era of WWE, which is while well, WWE is making. More money than they ever have. Uh, as a performer who was a great manager, and she was a significant part of many storylines over the last year, that's kind of appalling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she refused to give it up. And they fired her. And because she's a very smart woman, Ten minutes before her, uh, before the official announcement of her release by WWE, she tweeted, "I support unionization." Yep. Which, awesome, fantastic timing. Mm-hmm. She's a very smart lady. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was announced that she was fired. Right. So it really made them look bad because. Someone said, I support unionization, and then they fired that person. Very, very smart. Like I said, my new hero. And and you know what? I didn't really have, unlike Paige, like, I wasn't, like, super against Zelina Vega. I I mean, I don't agree with these people that are like, oh, she was a great competitor because she was not good in the ring. Um, But, God, it's it's just amazing how... Uh, another thing that kept running through my mind, and I don't know if it ran through yours at all, is look how quick they were able to do that, and Velveteen Dream is still on the roster. Yes! Yes! Like, that's horrific. Uh, it's insane. 
where all she wanted to do was keep her twitch, but no, that's, oh, we gotta fire you over that. And again, I would be okay if they were like, all right, well, when the, when, unless like someone had like a 10 year contract, then I would be like, well, the, the environment's changed, so we really need to renegotiate it. But more than likely, she didn't have a 10 year contract. She no. probably had like another year or two. Wait a year and say, okay, now we need you to get rid of this, uh, but we're, you know, here's the new contract. You can choose which way you want to go. And in the lead up to this, it was her, AJ Styles, and a few others that flew to Connecticut and tried to convince Vince to change his mind on this. Mm-hmm. And Vince didn't budge. Right. Uh, and that uh, that shows how bold they are. And, and it also shows that AJ Styles is probably not very happy with the company right now mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Um, but, uh, like... I'm listening, go ahead. Um, she, anyways, she tweets that, and then the uh, Screen Actors Guild, uh, SAG, tweeted today. They retweeted her and said, we do too. And the president of it said, email me. Mm. Selena Vega. I didn't know that. that. That just happened today. So... The Screen Actors Guild, the union for performers. Which, that's what they would probably be under. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, is reaching out to a wrestler about unionization. Mm-hmm. This could be big. Right. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. but well, it's I'm a sure it's going to be a while. Even if it goes somewhere, I can see it going into courts for a couple of months try to they'll probably try to drain Zelina Vega's money out so that she pays the court fees and all of that so I don't think anything that gets resolved is going to get resolved in like the next two weeks I'd be shocked although, by that although if she does get in with the uh, SAG their, yeah, yeah. their lawyers will cover her that's true that's true because she'll be a member of a union regardless though there would still be that time in court I still don't think Absol- anything would happen absolutely. next week yeah, absolutely that. although although at this point with all the practice that WWE's doing if some and with uh andrew yang advocating yeah he's still i know so he came with, with something or other yeah he, he replied re, he he basically tweeted out he said vince mcmahon i'm still watching you mm-hmm. and he wants to bring about a union for the wrestlers mm-hmm. uh so and also, he's, I mean, I, I heard both ways, and I don't really know too in-depth in the politics to say if this is a long shot or actually a real possibility. Who knows if he, I think he's a Democrat, and if Biden, well, Biden did win, um, mm-hmm. as of right now, because, God, I don't even know what's going on in this country anymore as far as that stuff goes, Um mm-hmm. It's not. I don't know if he's looking for a spot on the Biden administration. He's made it clear he wants one. Okay. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. I mean, look, if Linda McMahon can try to get something, I think Andrew Yang can. Well, at least Andrew Yang's a qualified politician. Yeah. Well, and at least he's probably qualified for what he was going to do, whereas that was such a joke. Linda McMahon, small business. Give me a break. Yeah. The yeah. anti-small business is what WWE has always been. 
Yes, yes, most why? definitely. They, they killed all the small businesses. Right. Like, why, I'm, I looked at it and I was like, why in the world would you choose, well, other than whatever. I'm not going to get too into it. Anyway, um, also I heard a rumor about Braun Strowman. Did you hear anything about that? No, I did not. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Apparently, I don't know. There's, there's some rumors. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, that he might be the one that like kind of stooged off that she still has it. Really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. That wouldn't shock me though. It wouldn't shock me. You like, it's, I look at like people like him and like, like I can see Corbin doing it. Yeah. I can totally see that being the case. And if it is, then that's shit of him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, alongside with all that all that's been going on that the there let's just put it this way there's a lot of people who are very unhappy about this backstage mm-hmm. because this was for them an additional source of income on top of their downsides and for the portion of the roster that has low downsides mm-hmm. it was making up for them not being on the road right and again so, I, i'm not even saying like there's the biggest, I think the biggest problem here is really the way that they handle it. Again, I could have thought of two different ways that, like, I would probably be on WWE side and be like, you know what, yeah, you did this, you did the right things in regards to this. But the way they handled it, just like the way they handled most things these days, it's just Very the wrong cool. way to go. Well, they, they're so heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, they're not... There's really two ways you could do it. You can go, you know what? We see this as an opportunity for advertisement for our products. As long as you put us over and don't say anything bad about the company, go ahead and do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. They could do it that way, or which is what AEW is doing. Mm-hmm. Or you can go, all right, we want to change this a little bit. We want to have a cut of the income if you're using your real name. And so we're going to set up official channels for you that you can use uh, we use under your ring name, and one and for your real names. That, that one, what you're one, you keep you keep your personal one for yourself. But we want content on the one that you're doing as your yes. stage name. Yes, and negotiate a raised downside mm-hmm. so that they can make more off of it, or don't have it count towards their downside. Mm-hmm. Whatever, uh, and they can do that. Um, and it's interesting to note, this seems to only be affecting the main roster right now. That's what my friend told me. He was like, cause he said, I think Adam Cole still has his. At, which... And, uh, so, so does Dakota Kai. Uh, her old one was, uh, uh under Evie, team, team, team kick Evie. Okay. That was her name uh, before she was in WWE, but now it's under her real name, Charlie. Uh, Charlie Girl is the, her Twitter. Or on Twitter, Twitch, and she she streams all the time as well. I don't know if I've ever met a girl, Charlie. Really? I don't think so. I'm trying to think yeah. now. Well, it's it's a shortened form of her name. Okay. Uh, it's basically her nickname. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's what that's what people would call her. Um, but yeah, she she streams as well. Uh, she used to stream way back before that. Like she she was on Twitch when she was on the Indies. I remember uh, when I was talking to my friend about like we, we, this was it not this weekend the weekend before we started talk, talking about because even though I'm not following anything product wise with WWE, 
I was so interested in this Twitch stuff. Like, well, I yeah. and and at that time, you know, I only knew that Paige was fighting back at that uh, door at that point. But one thing I laughed about with him, I'm like, dude, but that's seriously, I because I, I watched some like YouTube people, like you know, let's plays and stuff like that every once in a while. I'm mm-hmm. like, all these people that you're naming seem like such boring personalities. Like, how in the <laughs> world do you even watch that? People even watch them. Like, I, well, he, I couldn't name, he couldn't name one person that I was like, yeah, that person sounds like they would be interesting. And it is funny, though, because those people in their real lives tend to be more charismatic than WWE lets them be. And they tend to be more interesting in their real life. Um, By the way, I found with the Undertaker's team, that's 100% with it's spot team. Yes. Savio yes. and Henry Godwin. <laughs> And this is when Taker had his um, the mask on his face because the heels crushed his face. Mabel did, yeah, specifically. With like seven leg drops or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a wrestling figure that was um, purchased for me for Christmas by a friend. I don't really collect anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they bought one of the Undertaker for me, and it was that very one right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he looks exactly like that. He even has the mask that you can take on, on and off. He had the the trench coat and the hat and all that. It was a. It's actually I actually like it. It's a pretty cool figure. <laughs> actually, before I forget, before we move on from the Zelina thing, uh, the Zelina Vegas stuff, there was a great tweet, and I'm looking for my phone that I was like, oh, this is the epitome of a of like what everyone in WWE should read. But I, you know what. Tell, talk more about the Selena Vegas stuff, and I'm going to see if I can get my phone, because it doesn't seem to be around me. And I really want to give credit to the person that made the tweet. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So so after that, Vega was released, and she went on Twitch not long after that, actually. And um, she started getting a massive increase in su- uh, subscribers. And she was just sitting there in awe as the alert would go off every like every second. There was a new subscriber, and she was almost in tears on the stream about the support she was getting. Uh, and a significant story coming out of that as well is that uh, Alistair Black, uh, Zelina's husband in real life, has requested to move back down to NXT. I'm back. And so, Alistair Black was denied this request. Uh, what happened with he, Alistair Black? He did not. He wanted to go back down to NXT. He requested to go back down to NXT when all as all this was going down. Okay. And he's one of the guys, well, he's married to Selena Vega. Right. Uh, so uh, he, naturally he's going to side with his wife. Um, and he's not very happy about how everything went. And he requested to be moved back down to NXT, and they said no. Hmm. And so we can expect to see him start losing a lot of matches on TV. That's right. Even though it already has been happening anyways. <laughs> uh, okay, so I found this this tweet. So it's from Todd Martin at Todd Martin oh, MMA. I don't know if that's uh, he's a fighter or... He has a verified check. That's why I question if he's a fighter or he, not. He's a, he's a reporter. He's a reporter, uh, okay. Yes, uh, for PW Torch. He used to work with the Wrestling Observer, but he had a bit of a fallout with someone at the website, uh, and then he moved to the PW Torch. But uh, he, him, and Dave Meltzer are still, still friends, uh, from what I understand. Um, Was not expecting to learn the history of Todd Martin on. Yeah. Show. 
Yeah, but but he's he's a quality guy. He's uh, he reports on MMA and pro wrestling for PW Torch. To me, this tweet exemplifies like this whole situation, and I'm gonna explore, go into depth why, because I'm sure some people will be offended. I'm sure people were offended by the tweet. He wrote on November 13th, 7:01 p.m. Be Zelina Vega, not Alexa Bliss. Oh yes, yeah, and. Uh, that is is the epitome of this whole situation because to me Zelina Vega she went out she fought for what she believed in and she paid the price for it maybe not maybe not for for the long term but for certainly the short term she just lost her job and that's paying yes, a price but, but, but she gets to hold her head up high she, knowing she fought for what she thought was exactly right, right. she is she gets to go to bed at night saying, you know what, I fought for it, and this meant that... She had to have asked herself at some point, is this really worth it? Am I really going to fight for this? Is it really that important? And eventually, mm. maybe if not immediately, she said, yes, it absolutely is. Yep. Whereas Alexa Bliss, I think, does what... And this isn't really an insult to her, because quite frankly, I think most people fall into this category are probably like... This is a job. I need the money. What am I going to do after this? This is the safe way to go. Yeah. And, and well, Alexa she's... Bliss is, sorry, it's one other thing. And, and, and I say that also because I think the reason that he might have compared the two is because Alexa Bliss um, started a, I say started a podcast on WWE's thing, but really mm-hmm. it could have been WWE just saying, all right, we need people to do a podcast. She didn't fight for it. She didn't, you know, like it's the exact opposite thing of what Zelina Vega did. There was no sacrifice to be considered of what she was doing. It was handed to her. It was handed to her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some might she's... say some might say privilege, but I don't know if I go that far. In fact, I think I read I just read that on there on the thread. Well, she's um, she's towing the company line. Which, again, I think most people would do. That's why the, the tweet is so good in be a Zelina Vega and fight for what you believe in, even though there might be right. a consequence, as opposed to an Alexa Bliss, who I would say maybe the best word is a conformist. Yes, yeah, and, and uh, her interview that she did about unionization, uh, someone asked her about it, and she, or the independent contractor status, that's what they asked sure. her about. And she basically said, oh, yeah, as she denied the whole narrative around them being independent contractors and talked about how great WWE treated them and all that kind of stuff. And the truth is, too, she has probably been treated well by WWE. Um, She's a terrible in-ring worker, yet she keeps getting pushed in, in some aspect, you know, probably because I, I guess she's a, you know, she's a good looking woman. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. Um I've never personally thought anything of her mic skills. Uh, I I don't think she's terrible. I do. Uh, I put my flag in that right now. I don't think she's exceptional either. Mm -hmm. I I think I think she is merely average. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never been outright offended by anything I've seen in the ring from her, Mm -hmm. but I've never been um, like, oh yeah, this person is should be pushed as a top act type thing either mm-hmm. i think she i think she has a, a place on the card but i don't think it's it would wrestling be... it's not wrestling though 
in ring. No, she was great as a manager for uh, um, oh Buddy Murphy and what's his name, uh, the other guy Wesley Blake, Blake and Murphy. Mm-hmm. She was very good managing them, uh, and and I thought she did very well as a as a heel manager in NXT, mm-hmm. and she probably had less scripting then as well, which makes it a little bit easier to be good on the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, or worse, really, there's no uh, what what scripting does is just takes you to a, a plateau. You can be neither good nor terrible on the mic. You're just kind of there. Mm. Uh, but for some people, they it exposes how bad they are in the mic without a script, and for others, it it uh, hampers them quite this, bad. I mean, it makes me think of when, or not when, but uh, a wrestling fan mind frame that I wish would kind of stop is like. And I think, and Zelina was actually a really good example, because I will agree, she seemed to be a really good manager from what I've seen. You said that you definitely thought she was. Yeah. But, just, so just, you can be a great manager, that doesn't mean you have to get into the ring. And that's what we're saying right. here with Alexa Bliss. But today's wrestling fans, I feel, is like, um, no, no, you, you have to you have to put her in the ring, or, or the promoter, or whatnot. No. Sometimes you can do other things that are not wrestling in ring and be great at it and and be a much bigger contributor to the product for it zelina vega has has been uh, i think you'll agree right that zelina vega as a manager contributed way more than zelina vega ever did in the ring well and that's part of the thing why uh why i was so frustrated when, when she was released she became she started wrestling more because they decided they were going to stop her from being a manager Right. Vince was done, done with Andrade. Well, that's also... I, I also think that's because it was um, Latin Heritage Month. It coincided with that. Pro, that's probably part of it. Um, but WWE they, likes go... See, like, WWE, is, it's like for everything that they do that looks like it's good, get ready for something that... There's another reason why they're doing it. Well, the, the <laughs> reason behind doing it is always poor. Uh, even if it's doing something good it's all done to make them look good it's not done out of genuine right uh, a, a genuine desire to it's to all about do public it. relations yeah exactly well it's as stephanie mcmahon said uh, a few years ago now um philanthropy is the new advertising mm-hmm. it's like that's pretty cynical actually yeah uh, but but that is what WWE's approach is. Philanthropy is how they promote themselves, um, and really, that's you're not doing it to be a good person or to do the right thing. You're yeah. doing it because you're trying to get people to like you. I mean, look at, you can look at like all these like different movie series or genre and like TV genres that like embrace you know cultural diversity and they kind of do it as meaning all these places do it on most of them, not all of them, but on where it seems natural. I, I, every time like they're like, Oh, like they're trying to push one of those things. It never feels natural with WWE. I'm like, what else is going on? What, why are you really doing this? Yeah, exactly. Like there's, well, even in, um, an example for uh, veterans day, uh, so NXT and AEW both took place on Veterans Day in the United States, Remembrance Day in Canada. Okay. And uh, AEW said, 
it's Veterans Day. We thank you all for your sacrifice. You, we greatly appreciate all you've done. And then they moved on. Mm-hmm. It was just a very nice thank you. Uh, maybe a little graphic at the start of the show. I don't remember if there was one or not. Sure. But, I didn't see and, either and, of them. Well, I'm not even watching NXT anymore, so I can't. And, and throughout it, uh, Jim Ross would just occasionally say thank you to our veterans. Oh, okay. That's nice. It, I didn't know, know either of them actually acknowledged Veterans Day, to be honest uh, with you. So it, it it was just nice nice little thing. It was it was nothing. It wasn't overbearing. It was just it just seemed like a very genuine thank you. Um, and truthfully, I believe Jim Ross when he says thank you. I do. Uh, Jim Jim has that credibility, and he has. I, I genuinely believe he really believes what he's saying. Yeah, I think the fans uh, shit on him too much though. I I agree. I actually I like Jr. So right. I still like him. <laughs> Uh, he's not as good as he used to be, but he's he's still. I'll take him a thousand times over Michael Cole. Agreed. Uh, but uh, at NXT, they aired a video package, and the video package was thanking the veterans, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But it was also airing everything WWE did for right. the veterans. There it is. That's a great comparison. And it wasn't about the veterans. That video package was about WWE. Mm-hmm. It was about WWE thanking the veterans. Mm-hmm. It was, it, but it was putting WWE at the centerpiece of it, not the veterans. And I'm sure there's going to be some anti AEW fan that's probably thinking, "Well, that's because AEW hasn't been around that long. Let's see where they are in three years." I think and that's fair. That is absolutely fair. That that is 100% fair, uh, because maybe they will do something for that. But the, I mean, they did fight for the fallen. They and then they did. Uh, one for uh, so for victims of gun violence uh, in their first year, right? That's and they true. Did fight for the fall, they did fight for the fallen again for COVID relief as well, mm-hmm. uh, and none of that felt forced. Yeah, it was just like we're raising money for uh, for victims of gun violence. We're raising money for victims of COVID. Right. That's it. Done. Uh, and they kept it very simple. It wasn't like here's how many people died of gun violence in 2020, and like the, those heavy stats or anything like that. It's just like, this is what we're doing. We'd like you to support us. And that's it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a heavy hair, uh, heavy handed charity push, uh, which when WWE pushes charity and don't get me wrong. Some of their best segments have been like, um, the cancer survivor segments and stuff like that. Mm. Like, I, I love that stuff. I, I really do because it is doing good things, but but I understand why WWE is doing it, and it's not because WWE has a good heart. I feel like the last thing, and you can tell me if there's something else that maybe I'm missing that you felt um, like was straight from the heart, is probably... Oh, why can't I... I just had the name, and now it's escaping me. Oh, uh, Make-A-Wish. Yes. Back, back I... in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. I don't know about lately, but... Uh, I, I think the wrestlers that do it mm-hmm. are, are genuinely love doing it. Probably, yeah, I can see that. Uh, uh, like, I, I'm 100% sure John Cena, he's granted more Make-A-Wishes than anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, in in history. <laughs> he would not be doing that if he didn't love it. By the way, uh, the Undertaker's team survived. Yes, they did. All, they all scared, the I think they scared Mabel away. Yeah, they scared Mabel away, and then it was a four-on-one against Mo. That match was a 14-minute match, <laughs> and we got a non-finish ending. No, was, they won. 
Well, it was a count out. Oh, okay. Th- at least I think it was. Well, the last one was. The other one's like Hunter loses here. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter gets pinned. I there, should yeah. I should savor this moment that I'm watching right now. Yes, enjoy. <laughs> well, the truth is, too, though, Taker Taker has beaten Triple H so many times. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, if, if there's one guy that Triple H never seen to mess around with, it's probably it was Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Um, but. So, just also in closing for the, um, for the, uh, I guess, Zelina Vega stuff, like, where do you think we go from here with this? Uh, I hope, I hope it leads to wrestlers standing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that, it's, like, AJ Styles could do this. And it, it really, I know he's been fighting hard backstage. He's not been doing it publicly. Mm-hmm. But he's been fighting very hard backstage about this. Um, and he's the kind of guy that has that political capital that he can he can probably spend it and make it, make a change. Mm-hmm. But he's going to need more support than just him. It's going to mm-hmm. have to be more than one person. Uh, it's going to take a Randy Orton siding with him. Right. Which I don't see that happening, by the way. And I don't either. I, I don't think Orton cares either way. Yeah. He's, getting, he's getting seven figures, so he doesn't care. Right. Uh, now, unfortunately, and, I do think one of the just to I know that you're hopeful on this, but the only the other thing I could see them doing is like, all right, fine, we're gonna just continue to push part timers then, and then oh, phase the, out their continue to phase out their regular people. That's a huge problem. Yeah, like uh, and and like I don't mind part timers being around, but if you're not making new stars, your your company is going to die. Right. Uh, you, it's fine to have part-timers contribute to the product. Uh, it's even fine to have a part-timer as a champion, as long as, as long as it as serves as the purpose. Of, well, as, as long as it serves the purpose of getting someone over in the end. Right, and usually it never uh, is for the most. Part. Usually it never has. And like I'm a person, I love Brock Lesnar. I do, mm-hmm. but they have not used him to his best potential, mm-hmm. mainly. I don't think having him beat everyone all the time and very rarely put people over is necessarily good for business. Well, look, at, look, at, look at Kevin Nash and Diesel. He, even in talking right now, he looks like he's bored. Yes. He, <laughs> he looks permanently he's bored. Like, hey, whatever. I'm going to do whatever well, I'm going to happen there. His, uh, his better pro... Actually, honestly, his best promo work was in TNA. Yeah, that's probably true. Although I, I did recently watch... I don't know why... The, the game WCW Thunder. You remember that game? Oh my gosh, what and, an awful game. <laughs> yeah, but do you remember what the, the screens were when you got to pick the guys? They were promos, weren't they? Yeah, and Kevin Nash's was pick somebody else. <laughs> he goes, what are you doing? Pick Kogan or somebody. Go on, pick somebody else. We should watch it after we're done with this. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> He's so lazy. <laughs> Yep, yep. And yet he's made so much money in I wrestling. I know he did. <laughs> um, okay, so all right, let's let's move on. Give me a topic now. It's your turn. Well, uh, let's see. What else do we got here for potential topics? Oh, Shaq in AEW. <laughs> oh, terrible. Hated it. That being said, maybe Brandy's best work. Yeah, that was a great promo from Brandy Rhodes. Holy crap! Um, this is a this is a very WWE move. 
Yeah, I thought so. Uh, I, it's, I, was... I, I am more against this for sure than when they were teasing that my, Mike Tyson might be more involved because Mike Tyson still kind of relevant. In fact, I think he's fighting sometime in the next like two or three months on um, on Fight TV. Uh, I think it's actually I think it's later this month. He's okay. fighting. Uh, it's against. Um... Is it Oscar De La Hoya? No. No, uh, I don't think so. That would be pretty crazy, actually. Uh, it's not Oscar De La Hoya. It's probably some guy that I don't even know the name. Um, yeah, oh, terrible. It, it, I don't it, want it. It's basically, it's basically an exhibition fight. It's not an actual full match. But the point is he's still doing a something that's boxing-related. And to me, that makes him relevant. What has Shaq done? Probably made terrible jokes on some sports channel. Uh, let's see. Where is this at? Roy Jones Jr. Oh, that's who, he's, that's who uh, Tyson's yes, fighting. Yes, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, and it is a... Uh, November 28th is when it happens. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be... It's an exhibition match. It's a, So it's not a... But it's still relevant. He's still doing... Th- that's my point. Is He's still doing things in 2020 that's right. relevant to him being a boxer. It's not like Shaquille O'Neal's like all of a sudden coming out of retirement to be a baseball player again. That's true. Uh, although, there, Shaq has always wanted to wrestle and it never worked out with WWE. Which I was glad about. That's a good decision by WWE. Uh, well, WWE wanted it and somehow it fell apart, I think, on their end. Shaq, Shaq says it was on their end. They say it was on Shaq's end. You think it was money? Uh, I'm thinking it was WWE promoting something and then changing their mind. Okay. Uh, which is fine. But they they heavily hinted at Shaq wrestling Big Show at one WrestleMania or something oh, like that. that sounds terrible. It, it would have been bad, but uh, yeah. Then again, I, I Big, then again, Big Show did headline WrestleMania this year. Fair enough. <laughs> Alright, so how do you feel about fucking uh, Shaquille O'Neal? So... I was underwhelmed by that announcement. I was confused. I think if it can bring media attention to AEW and it pays off, if it pays off that way and they actually grow their audience because of it, great. Sure. Uh, I I, I may not like it, but at least it worked. Right. I am not really excited for a Shaq versus Cody match. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. It all really depends on what they do. Now, Shaq could promote them very heavily on, on, what? on the basketball shows that he's a part of. Is he a part of basketball shows? I don't even know. Oh, That's yeah. what I mean. I feel like he's irrelevant right now. Well, he, he's, uh, he, he's on, um, I believe he's on TNT all the time. That, TNT- that would make sense if... That does make sense if that's the case. And uh, he is also on... Uh, yeah, but he, he's on the sport, basketball presentations all the time. Okay. Uh, he Yeah, so he's, he's still on TV a lot on sports shows. Uh, and he could do a media tour uh, for them and promote them and use his name value to do that. Uh, so I do think there is a possibility of this paying off in terms of 
uh, popping a buy rate for a pay-per-view or um, an increase in viewership for Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I expect the episode, if they heavily promote him showing up for a few weeks in advance, um, I think I think it could go quite well for them. But we'll have to see. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm cautious about it. Uh, mildly pessimistic, but open to being proven wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, not open to being proven wrong on this. This scene. <laughs> well, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> like, I, 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 I honestly don't see how it's going to work. And really, I would have rather seen Mike Tyson. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Mike Tyson's an interesting personality too. I find him more interesting than Shaq. Not that Shaq isn't charismatic, he is. Can I, can I throw you out something crazy that would probably work for me, actually, with this? Sure. It's not Shaquille O'Neal versus Cody. It's the two women that fight. Uh, Brandy versus... Yeah, that would work, too. Well, the uh, only reason it wouldn't work, though, is Brandy's not great in the ring. But and, if you can take that away... <laughs> they're both they're both pretty green. Brandy's better than she was. Mm. Uh I, I think I think since uh, she's been doing a lot of work with Dustin Rhodes mm-hmm. in the ring, and uh, since AEW started, when she started, especially when it's the start at AEW, she was not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the tag tournament, she wasn't bad. She was not good, right. but she was bad. Okay, that, that's how I would put it. Uh, I don't think she's ever going to be uh, a fantastic worker or anything like that, but if you script a match well enough, she could probably have a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm not sure about Jade. Jade's a very new trainee. Right. She's, That's the whole she, thing, yeah. It's green, 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 green. Uh, <laughs> All right. Her delivery was fine on her promo. Who? Brandy's or? Uh, Jade. She was okay. No, I didn't, I didn't think she was good at all. Uh, um. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, I guess. Speaking of green, yeah. Ahmed Johnson. There it is. I mean, I thought he would be world champion at one point back in the day. The way they pushed him. Yeah. They gave I him hear- a new superstar slammy or whatever. I was here comes. Here comes the star of the match. HBK. Yeah. He's not really a born-again Christian. I don't believe him. Well, I'm just I, now. Okay. As a pastor, what do you think? Uh, everything I've seen, I think he's genuine. Okay. Uh, including, he had a very heated discussion with someone defending Black Lives Matter mm. uh, uh, backstage, and we think, everyone thinks we know who it is. Oh, uh, who? It was, it was probably Road Dog he was fighting with. Oh, so you think Road, so Road Dog's against Black Lives Matter? Road Dog is very pro-Trump and stuff okay, like that. Gotcha. He believes the the cult. <laughs> let's let's talk about some real life here. I want to give a real. This isn't really a discussion. It's more as a story that I've noticed that um that I've noticed that sometimes pro wrestling can make me really really mad in everyday life. Mm-hmm. So I went to my coworker and I asked him a very easy question, very simple question. How is your how is your health? Because I know he I thought he had gone to the doctor like last week and. You know, just general concern, you know, that's, mm-hmm. and so he's like, no, everything's fine, yada, 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 and then he starts talking, we start talking about other stuff, and then he mentions if I'm, 
if I'm still watching AEW because he's a fan of 80s wrestling, but pretty much dropped off like, you know, in late 2000s, early 2010s. But he knows that I like AEW. And I said, yeah, and I talked to him about how at that time I wasn't happy with their direction because I think FTR is a WWE team in an AEW world and mm-hmm. I don't get what the appeal of them is. And I didn't like that at the time. I think all three of the champions were former WWE guys. Mm-hmm. Then he starts saying, oh, speaking of that, speaking of... um." Uh, another thing he's like another thing I heard was um, that they're doing something with the Undertaker. And then, what? Uh, no, not AEW, not AEW. Um, that WWE's doing something with the Undertaker. Oh. Not, <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's his it's his thirtieth it's his thirtieth anniversary or something like that. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this fucker won't go away. And he's like, he's like, oh, you don't think he deserves? I'm like, maybe five years ago we did. Now he just won't fuck off. I can't believe that this guy is coming again. How many documentaries is this guy going to have? He already had one this past April. Are you fucking kidding me? And then I realized that this just escalated big time from my tone uh, before. So so in a regular conversation that started off with me asking my coworker, how is his health going? It ended with you cursing out the Undertaker. Yeah, because he started it because he bought him up. Yep, yep. But that's what I mean. I'm not- I noticed that, like, there are definitely aspects of, like, I can have a great, wonderful day, and then pro wrestling will get me very mad. <laughs> and he, and th- then he was kind of like, oh, okay. He's like, I was like, I mean, I agree. He's like, he, he seems like, I don't know why he didn't retire sooner, so I definitely agree with you. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why anyone else would see otherwise. And then yeah. I think we went to talk about something else, I think a TV show that we are both watching, maybe The Mandalorian, um, mm-hmm. and then things were calm again, and then I left the conversation. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, apparently Sasha Banks did really well in The Mandalorian. I mean, I watched it. She didn't do much, and which is good, because I don't want to see her on it again. Okay, fair. Mm. But, uh, yeah, uh, as far as it goes with uh, that, I, I don't really... The things I get upset about with wrestling usually come down to like uh the the moral stuff okay sure because uh, you're a pastor right uh and and really in the end i understand that uh, no no federation is or a company is perfect absolutely uh and every company is going to have their own moral issues mm-hmm. so uh i i and i understand that supporting a wrestling product or any product of any kind uh, from any company, what, what, like doesn't matter what it is. Oh my gosh, that belly to belly by Owen Hart That's really good. on Sean. That was awesome. Man, him and uh, Owen and Sean had a really good chemistry when those two worked each other. Right, but then when it came to mattering, Sean did not want to work with him. When he, he, when he really should have, when he Owen came back in right after the screw job. Yes, yeah, Owen should have been the top baby It's face amazing the top. that yeah. that did not happen. Yeah. That he, yeah. They even started it. They even started by having him throw him into the table or whatnot. And it's sad because, uh, from what I understand, Owen and Sean pretty much got along, uh, like, relatively speaking. Which is uh, weird because I think if someone did that to my brother, I wouldn't get along with them. Like, I, to, be, to be fair, after that, I don't think they got along very well. Okay. 
but but before that, like the issues with him and Brett were him and Brett, mm-hmm. and Owen just was kind of got along with everyone. Right. Uh, well, except Steve Austin. Uh, yeah, and even then, there wasn't like uh, there was tension, but I don't think there was ever any hatred between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Owen accidentally broke his neck. Yeah, I think there was more of a just like uh, it's a shitty thing that guy did, but it's not right. like he's, he's like I don't know, not like furious. Like I hope that he fucking get thrown gets thrown off a building, kind of things. Which is unfortunately what happened to Owen, <laughs> really. But, uh, but, but yeah, in the case of uh, Austin, and I know Austin's talked about it since then, uh, especially since then, and he, he, he has no bitterness about it. Uh, he, he's basically like, accidents happen in the ring. Mm-hmm. It was what it was. He didn't mean to hurt me. So uh, I think Austin himself has made peace with that. But uh, And you kind of have to after, <laughs> after Owen passed away so tragically. Um so listen, but, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get another drink, and I, then I want you to tell people about this match, and when I come back, you're going to give me a topic. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And, and, and give so right your thoughts now, on why you think that this match type never happened again. Well, for one, they have Yokozuna in the ring against Ahmed Johnson right now. And I like Yoko, but Ahmed Johnson is horrible. Uh, he gets gassed looking at the ring. He cannot work. Everything he does looks terrible. And he can't sell. And now he's in there with Dean Douglas. Uh, this match really probably never happened again because it was, there was heels and babyfaces on both sides, which they're kind of doing with the brand split right now with Raw and SmackDown. But uh, this year, this match uh, goes too long. It has... Too poor a dynamic heels and baby faces on the same team. It just doesn't work. And uh, and really having these guys go out there and work that long in this match, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, especially Ahmed Johnson working this long. <laughs> right. All right. Give me a new topic. So a new topic. Let's think. What's going on in the world? I mean, of if you don't have one, I have tons. So just let me know. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. Oh, I'll, let's I'll talk. Of- you know, we're talking a lot about like you know what fans like and don't like, and how people feel. How did you feel about this? Um, the AEW, the musical. Oh, uh, the uh, the Jericho and MJF segment. Yes. Um, I think, in character, MJF and Jericho are arrogant enough that they would plan this dinner debonair to be a musical number work on it and practice it (laughs) just so they can show it off to the audience i I firmly believe that those characters are idiots enough to do that Mm. uh so i liked it i I thought it was i thought it was really funny and uh i and i think it made sense for the characters to do that like it wasn't we weren't supp- supposed to believe it was live or anything mm-hmm. like that. There was there no pretense about that. Uh, we it was filmed earlier in the day, and it really is not out of the, out of the question that Jericho and MJF would put up a ton of money, hire cameramen, hire dancing extras, right. 
just just to do this because those characters are so over the top and wacky. Mm-hmm. Uh, such arrogant heels that they would do that. So, for, uh, me, for me, it's like for uh, like I said, I loved it. And then, if anything, the only thing I was mad about was the aftermath of my phone call with my friend Ross, which I'll tell you about in a second. <laughs> um, so I enjoyed it. I was like, this is great, and certainly it led to I would say a pre from what I saw a divide. Like people either loved it or hated it. And there didn't seem to be much of a middle for it. Would you agree with that? I agree. It was one of those segments where uh, I, I saw, yeah, you either loved it or you hated it. And some of the people who hated it said, I understand why you would love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they were like, I, so I understand this was not my cup of tea, but I'm okay with other people liking it. Mm-hmm. And then there were people like me who loved it, and I'd be like, but I do understand why you wouldn't like it. Right. Uh, because if you're into a more serious presentation, it's not something you would really enjoy that much. Right. So that so I watched in uh, then I called my friend Russ and I was like, "Did you did you see this?" I'm like, and he's like, "Yeah," because and he's like, "I was he's like I was watching NXT, but then I switched back and and caught it." And then of course he gave me the whole well. He's like, "Oh, it's funny that you like it because I'm sure that if WWE did it, that you uh, you would you would hate it." I'm like, no, first off, number one, these are two people I actually care about, MJF and Chris Jericho, so that's like the first thing. But then what got me mad is I asked him very innocently, and you could tell me if I'm wrong or not on this, Josiah. Very innocently, I asked him, oh, do you really think that was MJF? I feel like it probably wasn't because, I don't know, it just didn't seem to be like his voice. And he came back to me and he's like, of course it's MGF. Uh, didn't you, uh, how, uh, he's been singing, he had, there's a video of him singing since he was five. Did you yep. not see that? And I'm like, sorry, I don't fucking keep up with all of MJF's life. It was, a, <laughs> it was a simple question. Like, why are you giving me an attitude that I didn't know about fucking five-year-old MJF? And then that yeah. made me riled up. Like, was I right there or was he right? Well, I wouldn't expect you to know about it. Right. Like, Why would anyone expect someone to know like MGF sang when he was five years old? I don't think it's if, anything AEW threw out there on their on their no, show at all. They, they've never touched it on TV or anything like that. And if you don't pay attention to when he went viral on social media, because there's a video of him at five years old on Rosie O'Donnell, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and he did some singing. Right. Why would I have ever looked for that? Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you know that if, if you, especially if you weren't following or knew about his career before AEW? Right. Uh, right. So, so I, I feel I've indicated now. I, I wouldn't expect you to know that. I, I, I knew it because I followed the indies and stuff like that. But uh, no, I would never expect someone to know that. <laughs> yeah, you mean uh, he, like the way he made it sound like, of course he sang when he was five years old. Did you not see that? No, I didn't. Well, it, it's, it's, it would be different if you said, well, actually, no, I, it really was him because he has experience singing. And you go, oh, okay. Well, I learned something new. Right. And I would have said, oh, from where? And then he would have told me. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's all it had to be. Right. <laughs> but uh, instead, so that, was, that was the only thing I was mad about was the aftermath of how he phrased that. Uh, I thought, um, yeah, I thought that segment was fun. Um, it's not something you got to, you don't do it often. Yeah. Uh, WWE has done the occasional musical number or musical segments before. Mm-hmm. 
Pardon me, I got a cough. It's all right. No, so like I said, I, I enjoyed it, and the only one was, uh, again, I kept thinking half during it if that was MJF's voice, because for some reason, I didn't think the voice matched up with the actual person. Yeah, uh, it's it was like it was a real Macy Gray situation. But uh, it was actually his voice. Um, yep. Do you remember who uh, Macy Gray is or no? I do not. She sang the song "I Try." I try to say goodbye and I choke. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at the person that sings it, and I remember when we talked about on now, that's what I call podcasting. I was like, that voice does not fit that person at all to me. That's how I felt with MJF's song. Mm. So uh, Razor and Sean just bumped heads in the middle of the ring, and Sean just blind tagged Sid in, and Sid is not happy. Uh, is this Sid is also happy? It, well. That's true. Uh, this All the, he's playing softball. This match is really good when Razor, Sean, Owen, or Bulldog is in there. Okay. Oh, conveniently, uh, you left out one person. Oh well, I I, I pick four guys from two guys from each team. Isn't that all that's left? Is Sean Razor? Uh, Sid. And, oh, no, I guess uh, you didn't count Sid. No, you said Sid. Sid. No. Oh, nope. Okay. Uh, uh, Sean and Owen, and Razor and oh, Bulldog. You're right. Okay. I'm wrong. Okay. And Ahmed Johnson's still in there as well, uh, and Sid. And uh, Yokozuna isn't bad when he's in there with one of the guys who are really good. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, Yokozuna is not a terrible worker. He's just you put him in there with a guy like Sid or Ahmed Johnson, and it's going to suck. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bulldog was in there with Owen earlier, and they were trading. Uh, Owen hit this beautiful. Uh, a spinning wheel kick uh, on on Bulldog and dropped him. Um, but yeah, the uh, as far as other topics go, what yeah, about uh, a what about a full gear? What did you think of that show? Uh, I only saw some of it because I was um, with said friend Ross, and we only watched a little bit of it while we played some other games because there wasn't a lot that I was super interested in. Like you knew Kenny was going to win, which is fine. Kenny, you know, Kenny and um, and Hangman, that whole thing and Kenny getting the world title shot, that's a good example to me of it's very predictable, but I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like, versus what we're probably going to get is Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania, and that's very predictable, and I hate it. So, like, there is good predictability. That being yes. said, that didn't knowing that didn't make me want to watch the show. Knowing that he won, we did see. I don't know. Oh, this annoyed me. Why was Orange Cassidy and what's his face moved to the main show? I have no idea. There's no uh, reason for it. You just made the show longer for no reason. Though it's, to be honest, it was a decent match. Uh, it was a good follow-up to Omega and Page because uh, it's what followed it, and it wasn't it wasn't as exciting as that match because it couldn't be, uh, but it was just exciting enough to keep me interested. So uh, that's thought... the one thing that I think WWE has been doing right is they shorten their their pay-per-view shows. As has New Japan. All New Japan shows right now are around two and a half hours. Yeah, let's. Can that be the new normal, please, for everybody? 
it's uh, much easier to watch, I find. Uh, AEW did go about three and a half hours. Um, with the pre-show, I guess, I guess four. But even without the pre, again, if you didn't have the Orange Cassidy match, you probably would have been at three hours and we would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So here, let me uh, see. I'm looking at the results now to remind me. Oh, I was pumped that Darby won. That was a great match. That was a very, very, very good match. Because him and, him and Cody. Because I wanted Darby. I, want, I told you, I, I'm, I was against that, like, oh, I hate that all the title holders, all the male title holders are ex-WWE guys. So when mm. Darby won, I got super pumped. And then I, when Bucks won, I got even more pumped because I'm like, thank God, this belts are off these guys. I figured the, the Darby Allen story, I actually predicted that earlier in the year uh, when Cody barely beat Darby later on in the, in the tournament. Uh, for the TNT title, uh, where Darby had him beat, but Cody just out-wrestled him a little bit because uh, he, he hit the coffin drop on Cody, and then Cody cradled him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Darby basically ended up accidentally pinning himself uh, by his own rookie mistake. And he learned from that because that, that played into the match this time around. But after he lost that match... And then Cody went on to win the TNT title. I said, with the way they're planning things and the way they've done the Darby Allen Cody stuff, Darby is the perfect guy to take that title of Cody probably later in the year. Mm. And I was right. <laughs> I like Darby because he's one of the guys that I feel like there is being made specifically with the creation of AEW. Uh, and it was interesting. There was a. Tony Khan did an interview with uh, uh, Dave Meltzer and uh, Brian Alvarez, and he he talked about how uh, the feud with Cody and uh, Darby, and he said Cody Cody went to me from the start with the AEW, and he said I got this kid Darby Allen, and I think I can make him into a star, and so let me work with him, let me make him into a star. And so the process of getting to Darby Allen winning the TNT title started a year and a half ago when they signed Darby. Mm. That was that was Cody's idea. Right. And he followed through. Uh, the, the whole purpose behind Cody uh, w- uh, lo- losing that stip match to, uh, to MJ, or um, uh, when he lost the title match to Jericho, uh, to him losing to MJF to eventually try to rebound with the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that was built to get Darby Allen over. Right. And it worked. Uh, you watch how the structure of everything went until they got to this point where Darby finally beat Cody. Uh, it was a very well done story. Uh, told over a year and a half, which goes to show what long-term storytelling does for you. Mm-hmm. It gets guys over in the long term because you're giving fans something to grab onto. You're giving them someone to cheer for. You can invest in the story of the character. And then Darby wins, and you get the payoff. And now Darby's on to off to new stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, kind of the same ones, which is what I, I thought was super interesting about the whole situation. Because when uh, I think after Darby won, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Team Taz come out? 
That's true. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot that Taz still hates Darby for turning him down. Yes, and and I do kind of like that that they they keep Taz in this permanently angry mode. Uh, He's he's been great on the mic. He has. Uh, I just love the fact that it's such a small thing that's made him so upset about this whole situation. Yes. He sees it as such a slight, and that's why he hates Darby Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he will not let it go. Uh, And I don't think we ever had uh, the payoff match between Brian Cage and Darby Allen. No, I I don't think so either. At some point. And Taz is... And Taz, of course... You know, Taz is going to be like, "I'll get Darby Allen over with my promos." Right. I hate him, uh, like, <laughs> because he's a good heel, right? Yeah. And and the idea behind that is the good heel is going to get over the babyface in the end. It almost makes me wonder though, when they have Darby versus Brian Cage, if they're going to do something where Darby is going to have someone in his corner, because technically you can probably have Taz and what's his face in. Brian Cage's corner. I can't remember his name right now. Who's the other uh, Rick, to... Ricky Starks. Yes, yes. Who's uh, who's been also becoming an absolute star. He's a star on Dark. He's been on yep. Dark plenty of times. That's for sure. And every time he's been on um, Dynamite, whether it's on commentary or on the mic or in the ring, he's come across as a a bigger and bigger star, mm-hmm. even in losing. Um, I still can't believe he took that. Uh, these oh diving headbutt missed by Owen on Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the terrible workers are gone now. <laughs> I know Ahmed Johnson's still in there. <laughs> Just but, as you said that, I picture of Ahmed. <laughs> uh, but most of the terrible workers are gone. Ahmed's the only one left that's terrible. So we got uh, Bulldog, Ahmed Johnson, and Shawn Michaels against Owen Hart, uh, Razor, Ramon, and Yokozuna. So Razor is the only babyface on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, going back to um, to Full Gear, you know, Sheeta won, whatever. I don't think I watched that one. Um, I was thrilled, even more thrilled that the Bucks won because I thought because Darby won that the Bucks then really didn't have a chance. I, I was 100% sure the Bucks were going to win because of the stipulation uh, that they would never challenge for the tag titles again. Right. Well, but I mean, Cody did that, and then he lost, and that's why I guess that was in the back of my mind. That that's true, but that uh, I guess that's why they did it. They wanted you to believe that they it's possible they weren't going to win because Cody lost. Right. Uh, and that's good booking mm-hmm. uh, at, at that point because at that point it leaves you wondering: Will they win? Will they lose? I don't really know. Did you see and, the razor thing just then? That bulldog. Yeah. Yes, I did. No, but did you see why I think he did it? No. So he was on the second rope, and Ahmed was ready to get the bulldog, but Ahmed moved too far away. So Razor had to jump off the ropes and then walk to go get him. I guess. Okay, Ahmed was on the other side of the ring. No, so he started in the corner, and then Razor went to the second rope, so he... So Ahmed and was close enough, but then Ahmed started walking <laughs> further away. And he Razor literally was probably like, Razor was probably like, fuck it, I can't do it from that far. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Razor. <laughs> he killed him with a Razor's Edge. Uh, that was good. Uh, he, he literally, uh, he, Ahmed literally yeah. walked to the other side of the ring. Yeah. Like, really he was clear on the other side of the ring by the time Razor hit the Bulldog. Yeah. 
and that's a big ring, WWE rings. Uh, so there's no way Razor could have hit him that far. So uh, uh, anyway, going back to the Bucks though is like, again, I just I don't get the appeal of FTR because I feel like a WWE team in AEW. They're I, I think they're boring and haven't seen anything of them. I I even would argue that. I can find a reason to give any other tag team the titles before FTR. It's clear that they got bought in. And and I think Khan said something about this is like, well, sometimes you get a hand and then you have to, you do something with that and your other plans have to change. And I think when they got FTR, they were like, well, okay, they're going to have the belts. Oh my gosh. Sorry. One, two, three kid just took a great bump off the apron. Uh, Sid and the one, two, three kid came out with uh, Ted DiBiase (laughs) and they're feuding with Razor. I'm so, just really confused on this match at this point. <laughs> so uh, Razor turns around and knocks Kid off the apron. Kid falls face first on the floor. That probably sucked. And uh, and then Bulldog hits the running power slam on Razor and eliminates him. So now it is baby faces versus two heels. So it's Yokozuna and uh, Owen Hart. Against oh no, yeah, I guess Sh- Owen is right. No, uh, Yokozuna Owen Hart against Shawn Michaels. Ahmed Johnson and British Bulldog. Okay, that's right. Okay. I'm so confused. No uh, wonder why they didn't bring this back. I'm already confused. Yeah, it's it's too much of a mix with the heels and the baby faces. Alright, uh, so anyway, so like I said, I just feel like FTR was just very forced and now now that's done and I'm happy about it. Uh I thought the tag match was really good. I don't know if sure, you've seen yeah, it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was fun, uh, yeah. Uh it was I liked all the homages to uh, older tag teams. Mm-hmm. Like, they were doing the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. They worked their way from the 80s right up to the 2000s, mm-hmm. including doing DIY's finish. <laughs> uh, and I loved, I loved the finish of the match. Uh, Matt Jackson was selling... He has a legitimate knee injury. Right, but he was selling about that, yeah. He was selling his ankle. And... Uh, at this point, you know, FDR saying is uh, no flips, just fists. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget which one it was, but... The, one of them the tried match, doing a flip or something, right? Something yeah, like well, well, earlier in the match, one of them tried to throw a fist, and the Bucks ducked, and he ended up punching the ring post and busting his own hand open. Mm. And so he couldn't use his fists. And so they, they grounded them. Like, like they, or they took them out of their game so they couldn't do it. And uh, he decided what, what was left. Uh, I think it was Cash Wheeler. Uh, he decided, well, I'm going to do a flip to beat these guys because I have Matt Jackson beat now. He super kicked Matt Jackson, stole Matt's move. And then he decided, I'm going to do a flip. And he did a springboard 450. And Matt Jackson moved and he face planted on the mat so hard. Mm-hmm. And then he stands up, and Matt Jackson hits him with a super kick with his injured foot, drops to the mat in pain, selling, and then pins him. Mm. It was so great. I was just really, you you should have seen me. I was super pumped about it. Uh, I was very happy with that. And I, the it's actually funny, a, a story has come out, the Young Bucks wanted to delay their title win another year. But this was the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think FTR was the perfect team for it, and they're going to have to revisit this match down the line. 
Oh, Sean and Ahmed just turned on the bulldog. <laughs> Super kick! Yes, it's going to be all three of them survive. Oh, wait, no, Ahmed's going to just run. He's got to shine. Yep. <laughs> I, and that's it. Look at that's, that. Yeah. Ahmed got the win for the team. <laughs> yep. Uh, one thing I'll say, Yokozuna sold that super kick so well. Mm-hmm. He ate that and just dropped like a ton of bricks. Uh Another another two guys who had chemistry was Yokozuna and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Uh, well, Shawn, Shawn pretty much had chemistry with everyone. But. Yeah, except Bret Hart. <laughs> In the ring, they were great. I guess that's true, yeah. Uh, like, I don't think they ever had a bad match against each other. That's probably even, true. Even the, uh, even the screw job was a really great match until the finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, no, I guess I want to go back to what I was saying about the, the, the Young Bucks and FTR. So, I don't know what it is. Like, FTR and also Miro... I feel like haven't shaken off that WWE off of them. Whereas I feel like others that have come in, like um, Jake Hager has. Yeah. And Sean Spears. I wonder why that is. Well, I think it's because they've had more time for character development. Like, we know Sean Spears is not Ty Dillinger. Right. In any way. Yeah, no way. Uh, and John Moxley is most definitely not Dean Ambrose. Right. Like, like this is a different man. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dean Ambrose was some character he played, but this is really him. Uh, at least that's what it feels like. No, I think so. Too. I agree. And really, it, it is him. Like it's just him trimmed up a little bit. Uh, and I think that's fair, even with Jake Hager, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not being overpushed as a main eventer either. Well, I think also what helped in Jake Hager's thing is his first night and the people started doing the We the People bullshit, and then Jericho shot it down, and then they stopped. And I think that is what, at least for me, helped me to be like, good, get rid of that. Yeah. And now he's him. And uh, Miro, Miro's going to need to find himself. Cody had the same pro- problem when he first went uh, out of WWE and started there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he felt like a WWE guy trying to work WWE style in the indies, and outside of WWE, WWE style doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because they're the only ones who do it, and it's kind of weird in, in, in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really... It only lends itself to... Uh... Oh, okay, so Bret Hart here is doing a promo talking no, or about... Or pre-recorded, I don't know. They went to a weird screen. Yes, and he's, he's talking about how this is going to be the toughest match of his career against Diesel. And... Uh... Talked about how Diesel brought him to, uh, made him feel like he was in a car accident after he took the power bomb. Mm-hmm. Good promos here in this video. Sorry, I'll, we'll finish the hype video and then I'll finish my thoughts there because uh, this this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. This is good pro wrestling. Um, if yeah. it's if it's what I like about uh, Brett in this too, he, he dragged. He dragged a really serious competitor of Diesel here, right? He, like he, he made him look like. I mean, and he Diesel's been uh, champion for almost a year at this point. Yeah, I think it's right. Yeah, because he won. Yeah, because he won at Survivor Series the year before. Something like that. Yeah, or right around then. He well, beat Bob. The, yeah, beat Bob Backley in Madison Square Garden. In yeah. A house show. Then it was in seven seconds. Yes. Uh, and. Backlund beat Bret Hart for the title. Right. That was the one in Survivor Series. Yes. Uh, and 
Oh, Bret Hart, as, as far as I'm concerned, Diesel's been walking around for the last year with my title belt. Uh, great line right there. Mm. Solid, simple effect of wrestling. Uh, that, that was a good hype video. Yeah. Uh, just the two of them talking and summarizing their feud the last year, the last time they crossed paths a year and a half ago. Uh, Brett barely beat him. Uh, so this is good stuff. Um, By the I, next, I was going to say the next thing on our list here is the uh, Elite Deletion match, which I didn't uh, even yeah. know was going to be a cinematic match. I just thought it was like a... I don't know. I guess I guess I thought it was a just... Balls Count Anywhere match. Um, well, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I didn't like the commentary over it. Mm. I think it would have been better without the commentary. Yeah. But otherwise, it was very fun. <laughs> yeah, I didn't definitely didn't expect to see uh, Gangrel either. That's definitely something I was not expecting. Mm. Uh, um, and then I got into then I just got into a discussion with my friend. I think after this because I was like, you know. I don't know if these are ever bad. I was like, the worst one that I think he did, and even that was good by their standards, probably WWE's best, was the one he did against Bray Wyatt. And, yeah. Yeah, and but then my friend decided to argue with me, and he's like, well, no, the best one, cinematic match was the Boneyard match. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. So, no. I will uh, never accept that. It was good like because it. you fans, you these fans out here have made it to them, said in their mind to themselves, well, they had to have done this, even though they know that there's no damn reason that The Undertaker should have even been wrestling in the first place. Because it was going to be an, an, an actual match at first. Right, right. So uh, you justify, you're like, oh, well, he can't really go. Oh, he's not, he, like, he's too really old to pull out a full match. Oh, well, it's COVID, so they have to do this. You're, like, lowering and lowering your expectations till there's nothing. So anyone I, who... Said it was good. I don't believe you. Cause... See, I enjoyed the Boneyard match, but I, Matt Hardy was Matt Hardy's cinematic stuff has always been. Has always been. I don't know if there's been a bad one. Like I said, the weakest one was probably the one he did in WWE, but even yeah. that was good for you know their standard on it. It was good for what it was. Right. Uh, and it was probably it, their best one. Their, that was probably their best cinematic match. WWE's. It, and they uh, they did a Halloween special on the WWE Network at the Hardy Compound, hmm. uh, and it involved uh, Hurricane being kidnapped by an unknown assailant. <laughs> and in this Elite Deletion match, two years later, we finally find out who the unknown assailant was, <laughs> because he shows up holding holding Hurricane hostage, right, and his gangrel. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even realize that. I don't think I knew about the Halloween special. To be honest with you, it, it was Gangrel getting revenge on Matt Hardy for Matt Hardy turning on him in 1999 <gasps> when he was rude. I, I didn't know any of this. Yeah, that's what it was. I have to tell my friend now because I doubt he got any of that either. He was like, "You were oil to me," and it was wow. when you guys were in the brood uh, really? for two months. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, as, and then Hurricane afterwards says, Matt, it's been two years. What's up with that? Because <laughs> he's been captured for two years and not seen on any television since then. That's true. All right. It's pretty uh, good. Hardy says, it was long-term storytelling. <laughs> uh, I I laughed at the insider references. Uh, mm. I, I thought it was funny. Um 
I enjoyed the action sequences. I enjoyed the Lake of Reincarnation. Yes. When Kane was thrown into it more than once. Right. Uh, coming out as different versions of himself. Uh, I was hoping Sugar Shane Helms would come out. That's or, what I was uh, thinking, actually. Yeah, we tossed that around. I was expecting a three-count reunion, because they, they probably could have had uh, uh, Evan Courageous and uh, what's his Shannon Moore. They probably could have brought them in for that. Although I don't know what Courageous is doing. I haven't heard anything from him. Yeah, he hasn't done really anything post-WCW. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if anyone could do it, Matt Hardy could bring him in. I mean, he brought in Gangrel. Right. So. <laughs> no, it was good. It's funny, because the original... Well, this is probably going to sound really bad, but... Because, like I said, we were only watching some of this stuff in the background. We weren't really watching the show, so to speak. And uh, I think my friend asked me, he was like, are you interested in Matt Hardy versus um, Sammy? And I was like, yeah, only because I want to see how Matt Hardy legitimately injures himself this time. Oh, oh man. And then yeah. I thought I was a cinematic match, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess he's not going to injure himself accidentally this time. So. No, and, and Matt is really good at, he has a really good mind for that stuff. And it was it was a delight to see him as broken Matt Hardy again. Mm. He should never uh, not be broken, excuse me, should never not be broken Matt Hardy for this. I for, agree. I don't know why he's like, oh, maybe they normal. want me as me. No, we don't. We want we want broken Matt Hardy. That's the reason why we were like, yeah, please sign with AEW or Impact again so that you could be creative. Yeah, and do your own thing. Like, bring your broken universe back and do what you want with it. It's such a shame Jeff Hardy resigned. That broke my heart. I know. I, I wanted to see Jeff in AEW doing uh, as Brother Nero. Yeah. Because um, it would have been fun. And it also, because when they did that, they don't come across as, like, ex-WWE guys either. They come out as their own, like, this a broken universe stuff. And it's right, because everyone knows that's, that's Matt and Jeff's thing. Right. Whereas uh, fucking Miro comes out and I hear people cheer Miro Day and I'm like, have you really progressed at all? Right. Anyway, uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho. I didn't watch this match at all. It uh, wasn't bad. Uh, it was Jericho worked as a babyface yeah, in the match, and uh, I thought it was a a very good okay, example right. of. Um, of Jericho working to get MJF over, mm-hmm. and then MJF beat him in his own game. He right. cheated to beat him, uh, so it was. Uh, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. It, it was not like a, it wasn't. It wasn't like a super spectacular match, but it didn't have to be. Uh, it just needed to be just enough to tell the right story. By the way, one thing I want to mention that I did say to my friend when we were, like, getting ready to watch this, and it's also the main reason we didn't watch Omega versus Adam Page, is the fact that the election was pretty much called on Saturday, I think really is going to hurt this pay-per-view. It might. I think it definitely will, because, I mean, hell, I even was like, no, I don't, I'm like, especially because Biden, Joe Biden, came on for a statement at 8 o'clock. Yes, that might actually hurt it quite a bit. Um... I, I will tell you, though, Hangman and Omega was awesome. That match was fantastic. I'm sure it was, but then I, but that's see, that's the thing I was thinking. I was like, but you know what? I know Omega's going to win, and I want to see what Biden has to say. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, and uh, in the case of, uh, we're going back to Omega and Hangman, where you said it was predictable, yeah. but, 
but that's not a bad predictable. There, no, not good... at all. Like I said, the Rock versus Roman Reigns is a bad predictable. I, I yes. you know it's going to happen, and you're not going to like how it's going to get there. And there, there's there's a difference between predictable because you're following the logical direction of the story to to its payoff. And we know down the line what's probably going to happen is Hangman is going to beat Omega for the title. Mm-hmm. Down the line. Okay. Well, probably a year from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good. Like, that's that's good long-term storytelling. That's that's the direction when they started this Hangman, who's going to turn Hangman or Kenny. And um, Tony Khan actually admitted um, they changed direction slightly on Hangman versus Kenny. Mm-hmm. Originally, Hangman was the one that was going to turn heel. Uh, yeah, because that's what it looked like the whole time. Yeah, and and what happened was he started getting really, really over as a babyface. Because of the because, freaking graphics. Uh, well, the graphics and his sad, depressed drinking was That's actually true. quite relatable. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I, I don't drink myself, but, uh, you know, like, he, he came across as a genuinely likable guy who just made some bad choices. Right. That's that's what that was. And including betraying his friends. And it kind of ripped your heart out to see him. He's alone, right? Mm-hmm. He's a sad cowboy. Right. Uh, and uh, it, it's resonating. It's, um, it was funny. Uh, there was a kid, a little kid on Twitter, uh, a dad. He Every now and then he posts wrestling videos of his kids' reactions to stuff. Mm-hmm. And he went... To Hangman, and he said, "I know you're really sad right now, Hangman, because you lost the match to Kenny Omega. But, but I want you to know, I think you're a really good wrestler, and I love you." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and it was this like little six year old kid, and I was like, "Ultimate babyface, right there." <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the but, and then, yeah, so the and then the last match is Moxley versus oh, just Kingston. I mean, Sorry, I Moxley Kingston? Yeah, yeah. You, you go ahead and start. I was gonna, yeah, Moxley and Kingston. And, you know, it's. I definitely was not expecting um, Kingston to get a title shot on a pay per view. But also, I think what annoyed me more, which, well, not annoyed me more, because I'm okay. I'm, I like Kingston. So, um, but what did annoy me is I think there was like a question and answer maybe with Tony Khan or someone else. I don't remember exactly who that was. Uh, it's got to be Khan, but I just don't remember who, who was given the, the, uh, the question. And they were like, is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley going to be the main event? And my problem with that question is, to me, and this is something that I... I, I like one of these things in wrestling that I am hardcore about the world title should always be the main event there is no well there's very few exceptions but there's nothing on this card that would have been like yeah that should be the main event instead of the world title match um, i agree i agree with you completely yeah like and to me like and i know because this is because wwe does it a lot and but if the two people, if your world title match is not like, if you're thinking like, oh, maybe that shouldn't be the main event, then maybe there's a problem with the two people or whoever, however many people are in there. There's a problem with those people because you should be putting on your absolute best. There should not even be 
a question if the world title match is the final match, unless there's a special circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the world title match should always go on last, uh, unless there's a very, very special circumstance. Right. Like, I'll, I'll give you some examples that I'm okay with. Um, we'll stick with AEW. I'm okay that time that they had, uh, uh, was it Moxley and Omega? Um, which yes. was an unsanctioned match, because technically yes. it's not part of the event. Oh, um, and it was a very fine, special match. Fine, like storyline wise, you're saying telling me why why that that doesn't work. And uh, and there's no way any match could follow it. So like after 40 minutes of them killing each other, so so another one is production wise. Now what I mean by that, for some reason the only thing I can think of is the 2006 Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. where your final match was. Uh, Mark Henry against Kurt Angle. And it had something was happening in the aisle way and you had to have a, and there was a casket because the Undertaker was coming back and, and that casket had to go on fire. Yeah. Yeah. No one's running to the ring where there was fire. I get yeah. it. Um, and I guess that's really, uh, at least not that I can think of that I'm okay with it Mm. being at the end like for a production reason or like this weird unsanctioned reason or if for some reason there's a storyline thing about it yeah like in some cases you can you can have a non-world title match go on last if you if you do it right like um and like the examples you give, I agree with. Um, I I do think that WrestleMania that uh, Taker and Sean had their uh, their epic match on, not the not the retirement match for Sean, but the one before that, and it was followed by Triple H and Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taker and Sean should have gone on last that time because no one was going to be able to follow that match. But see, that's the, that's where I have a problem. If no one's going to follow a certain match, then you don't have your right people in the main event. That's probably true, too. Uh, but in, in that case, too, that match was... Like, at that point, the streak had actually had meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it, it was... It was prestigious enough that I think it could have went on after the world title. Uh, which is what they did next year, the next year for Sean. I think they did that for Sean's retirement. I think they went on last. Right. Uh, no, they, def- they definitely did, and I don't think I agreed with that either, but I was like, well, this company always kissed Sean's ass, so why am I not surprised by this? Uh, I guess so, but uh, but you can understand the reasoning behind it too, because the show was dead after Sean and Taker. Uh, the previous year, but this is also it comes down to how WWE structures their cards too. They have a cool down match before the main event quite often. Right, that's true. And you watch AEW show uh, full gear, and we'll, we'll look at the full card. Actually, uh, th- this is only a recent phenomenon in WWE, like the last fifteen years. Right, it's cool down this... nonsense. Yeah, because in the nineties, especially what we're watching right now, Survivor Series, nope, there's no, no cool down match. It's just you build up and then you get to your main event. Yeah, you start you start nice, uh, like not necessarily 
um, you start at a good pace. Not, 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 not. You don't want to outpace the main event, but you start with at a pace that's uh, that's exciting enough to get the crowd hot. Yeah. And then you kind of just try to maintain that until you need to peak it at the end of the show. And every match on this show, there was no cooldown matches except for Goldust and Bam Bam Bigelow, really. Right. And that wasn't even really much of a cooldown match. They worked fast in that eight minutes. Also, the important thing about that is it was Goldust's debut. Yeah, yeah, it was one of his first so major matches. So, and, and at that point, this was someone that you didn't know what you were expecting. So you're investing in it. Right. Uh, and, and then you look at, other than the problems with Ahmed Johnson working that match, uh, really, everyone else was fine in that that four and four Survivor yeah. Series match. The previous, uh, you had all the it, people there that you would think that this would work, but it didn't because it's a wild card match, and they realized that because it never happened again. But even then, it was nonstop action for twenty seven yeah. minutes. Like there was there was no cooldown segment. Uh, and you watch uh, AEW Full Gear. I'll bring up the full card here. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so, uh, Full Gear twenty twenty. Started off with Omega and Hangman Page. Uh, yeah. Even going, even going to the pre-show, um, we like Ugh. Serena Deeb Serena versus um, uh, Allison K. That was actually a really good match. I just wish they would stop doing things with the friggin' NWA. I don't mind that. I hate uh, the NWA. Uh, I, I actually NWA is one of my favorite shows. Let's, so. <laughs> let's start. Let's start with Omega and Hangman Page. So there's your hot opener. Uh, that was the unnecessary. Um, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that was an unbelievably unbelievably hot opener. Uh, they worked very hard, and then you get Orange Cassidy and John Silver, which the unnecessary was, match. Uh, but it was still very good. Uh, like they they worked a good pace. They it wasn't the same pace as the first match, but it wasn't so far below it that it felt like a cooldown. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, in regards to that scale, sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then you got Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes, which was a hot match. One hundred percent. Uh, then you had a Karoshita and Nyla Rose, which was a bit colder than the the Darby Allen and, and Cody Rhodes, and a bit colder than John Silver and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, because there was not really much of a story. It's just a champ, women's championships online. That's it. Right, uh, but the match itself was fine. It wasn't it. It, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. But it did maintain that nice little average. Right. Uh, and at this point too, those even if even went back to the pre-show with a deep and K, uh, the those every match so far has been drastically different from the previous one. Okay, that's fair. They're different in style. There's no one style that you have to work. Uh, Darby and Cody was very different from Orange Cassidy and John Silver, which was very different from Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, which was very different from Serena Deeb and Allison K. Mm. So, so each match had its own selling point because it it had a interest in it because it, it was different it wasn't like you were oh, okay we do this lock up we do the heat up for 10 minutes you get the shine then you do your spots and what it, it wasn't like there was no set structure or pattern because right. everyone knows the structure and pattern of wwe matches mm-hmm. and there was none of that uh and even Sheeta and nyla rose didn't have that um it it actually had i thought a really good finish uh, it, it had uh, Sheeta having to kill Nyla Rose with four knees to the head to finish her. Uh, and it was like, it was a nice little callback. Nyla refused to pin Sheeta early in the match. Sheeta hit a falcon arrow at the top rope and then pulled Nyla up at the two count and then hit the four knees and pinned her. Uh, 
It was like there was it was good. It was a good structure in that, and so unique finishes and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Young Bucks versus FTR, which was a fantastic tag team match uh, that delivered exactly what they promised. It was a, it was a classic tag team match in every sense of the term. And I never want to hear the Young Bucks don't sell or don't know how to tell a story ever again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like their match against um, Hangman and Omega were great, too. Like, I thought that was a good storytelling one, too. That's their match of the year, actually. Uh, Young Bucks versus Hangman and Omega. That, that is my favorite match of the year so far. But uh, this one here, that tag team match, is pretty close, too. Hmm. Uh, but there was a match, oddly enough, and it's not going to be anyone else's favorite. And I know it's not going to be anyone else's favorite. Okay. But, but I loved Kenta and Zack Sabre Jr. in the G1. Okay. Uh, they they just had a match that I watched and everything was working for me and how they structured the match. Uh, every little thing they did was great. <laughs> uh, including uh, Kenta the, trying to exchange strikes. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. throws a right hand and Kenta ducks under it and throws a right hand at just the right time and you hear the slap on the on the flesh of uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and he face plants on the mat like he's unconscious. It was perfect. <laughs> Just great selling. Um, but then after that, we had the Elite Deletion, which, again, unlike anything else on the card. Right. Uh, and then we had MJF and Jericho, which had the intrigue of if MJF wins, he joins the Inner Circle. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, which, again, was different from anything else on the card. There was no cooldown on the show at all. No, it was it was paced very you're right. well. I, and, and I, you're right. The, and the WWE like the cooldown thing, that's got to be something that I feel like has been going on like in the last ten years. Ten to fifteen, yeah, yeah. Uh, they usually this is horrible how WWE did it, but they usually stuck the women's match there, right? Uh, because they knew it was going to kill the crowd, mm-hmm. and. You know, the only reason it killed the crowd is because of how badly you booked them. But <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, not going to talk too good on today's WWE's women's division. That's just me, though. So I, um, I like I like I, a lot. I think most of them are terrible. I think there's like five that I think are good. Hmm. I do want to bring, but let's. I'm going to transition to to what might be our last topic here, uh, which does have to do with a women's wrestler, not in WWE and not in AEW, but used oh. to be in AEW. Kylie Ray. Yes, her retirement. Her retirement, what happened, Impact was getting bashed, but they maybe should not have. Uh, Bret Hart just crashed sternum first into an exposed turnbuckle. And Which, I, if I'm not I, mistaken, Dan, he set up himself earlier? Yes, him and Nash both took off a turnbuckle pad at the start of the match. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I'll say, oh, man, no one hit a turnbuckle like Bret. That's true. Like, like he he hit the turnbuckle so hard when he hit them. Uh, this is a really good match. It's no obviously no holds barred, right? Because uh, Brad is that's that's the Cavendish I know limping around, <laughs> uh, th- barely, this is barely actually... able to jump. There we go. That's the there. Cavendish. I know. He's actually selling well though. I'm, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm uh, right. Yeah, this is probably Nash's best match of his career, I would say. I was going to ask you about that, actually. Yeah, this is probably his best one. Um, but 
that's really Bret Hart having the best match of someone's career with Bret. That's usually what happens. <laughs> so <laughs> that happened to a lot of guys who work with Bret. They had the best matches of their career, but it wasn't Bret's best. Um, but yeah, uh, Kylie Ray. So she, we don't really know a whole lot well, let's about give what a recap happened. first. So Impact had their uh, pay per view. Was it Bound for Glory? Yes, it was. Uh, okay. And Kylie Ray was scheduled to face Deanna Perrazzo. She had won a number one contender's gauntlet. Yes, and she was probably going to be crowned the Knockouts champion. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I, I had gone with Deanna for that one. Well, I, I, I think Kylie was going to win, okay. uh, which may actually contribute to the story. Sure. Uh, uh, because I think they were going to make her the face of the Knockouts division, that she was going to be the baby face. Okay. I mean, I guess that's a fair assumption. Sure. And uh, come the day of the show, no Kylie. No Kylie, no Kylie. And they just kept hoping she would show up. And she didn't. And Impact checked on her, and they found out she was okay. But this was like, by this time, the show was happening. And they had to make a call. Right. So... uh, Sue Young, who was working as Susie before that, she returned to her full gimmick as Sue Young, which I think the payoff was eventually going to be her turning on Kylie Ray, and that would be the feud going forward. Uh, makes sense, sure. Uh, but they decided to pull the trigger on bringing Sue Young back as Sue Young, and she won the title. Um, and there was a, a lot of bashing on Impact about false advertising. Yes. At the time, rightfully so. And at the time, rightfully so, and to be honest, it wouldn't be the first time Impact has done something like that mm-hmm. in their history, and you saw TNA is always going to be TNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as it turns out, uh, Kylie Ray did no-show, and she indicated she was going to be there, but she, she no-showed. And Impact did their best. They did due diligence to wait for her, they did their due diligence in making sure she was healthy and okay. And, oh my gosh, Brett just took a flip dive to the floor. <laughs> that was brutal. Oh, gosh. Man. Brett bumps so hard. <laughs> but he always takes his own bump. He doesn't hurt the other guy. Um, but, uh, anyways... Uh, as it turns out, then a few days later, Kylie Ray announced her retirement from wrestling. And we don't really know what happened specifically, but this is the second time she's had to leave a national promotion mm-hmm. or a major promotion. I, I don't know if I call it Impact National. It's not in the same league as AEW um, or WWE. Um, but... The basic speculation behind it is that it's probably mental health related. Right. Uh, And it seems like Impact actually took the best care they could to make sure she was all right. Oh, here's the spot. Oh, perfect spot. One of the... I love that table break. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think Impact was too nice. Maybe. Maybe. But the truth is... I, I am someone who suffers from anxiety and depression myself. Mm-hmm. 
So you're also not a performer and don't like. Yes, that's true. Uh, I, I'm not a performer who. Like, I'm, perform- a, I'm afraid of heist, but I'm also a pilot. Right, right. Uh, but all that to say that I do understand how that can affect you when you have to uh, when you have to be in high pressure situations. Then don't put yourself in high pressure situations. Sometimes they're unavoidable. Sometimes. In this case, it was. It, and in this case, it was avoidable. Yes, with her. Uh, really, if she wants to wrestle, she's probably best for the indies. Agreed. And, and not Which in is where she was found, was she not? Yes. Uh, and she's a very good worker. Like, she's really good in the ring. Um, when AEW signed her and her first few matches with the company before she quit... Uh, she was the best women's worker on the roster, except for maybe Rio uh, and uh, and Hikaru Shida when they signed Shida. Um, she's very good; like she's an exceptionally talented wrestler. But it seems like the pressure may have gotten to her, and I, I sympathize with her. I I. The last thing I would ever want a wrestler to do is to put their mental health at risk for my entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if she is retired and staying away from it, I just hope she's happy and healthy. Okay. That's that's how I would put it. Um, and I'm I'm impressed with the kindness that Impact treated her with. Yeah, I am surprised by the kindness. Actually, you usually don't see that in the wrestling industry. Uh, that that level of kindness, um, and I am very pleased with how. And here it is. Yep. Reckless the win. Nash curses. He yep, and he out wrestled. <laughs> he out wrestled Kevin Nash. Kevin Kevin Nash drops a giant f bomb. This is great. Uh, and uh, now and pissed. this 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 match was also telling the slow heel turn of Kevin Nash. And there it is. Bam. After the match, he's turned heel. <laughs> All right. So anyway, continue about Kylie. Well, now she's uh, being everyone up. And I'm just, I'm glad the fans retracted their outrage towards impact. Right. Towards, and I'm glad that they also, for the most part, have said to Kylie, you know what? We just hope you're okay. You're happy and healthy. No matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we understand, and we just wish you the best. And I think that's probably the best way. And she's off social media now too, right? Yes, she is. Which off she social is media. terrible on social media. Uh, she she was a frequent on Instagram a lot more than Twitter. And well, uh, no, what I mean is like I don't know. I like saw some of her posts. I'm like she's very very seemed very judgy, but like. She played off like, well, I'm not real, like, like that she doesn't know what she's saying. Like, for example, like, she, like, would bash people, like, how, basically, like, how can you not want intergender wrestling? Like, it's wrong if you don't want intergender wrestling. I I honestly don't know. Uh, yeah, no, because... I, I, I but, never really saw much of her Oh, no, I, I definitely have. and Because uh, I was, I remember I called, not on the last WWE Free, but maybe the one before, I was like, someone needs to take this woman's Twitter away. For real. Um, yeah, like, 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 I don't understand. Like, I was like, how is she, cause how is she like, so 
not upset, but like, how is she so illogical about this? Like, okay, like, it's like some, so what? Some people might not want intergender wrestling. Some people might not also want death matches or, you know, other kinds of matches. Like, I don't understand why you have such a problem if some people don't want intergender wrestling. Uh, Personally, I don't care. I, I could take uh, intergender wrestling and I could also take death matches. I like both. Uh, for me, I, for me, it all depends on how it's done. I don't care. I can do both. That, uh, like, uh, it, it all, it all depends on the booking in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you tell a good enough story, uh, then you know, I, right. with intergender wrestling, I would agree with that. Yes, actually. Uh, and, and even with death matches, if, uh, if no, it I calls, death match any day. uh, if it calls for a death match, great. Uh, I just don't think this should be done flippantly. Um, but I don't think that about any match. But also, here, I guess my point is this, is someone that likes death matches, would you think any less of the person because of that? No. Right, she 100% did, if you didn't like intergender wrestling. And see, that, that I would say, I, I think that's a personal preference. Like, so, some, people are, some people are just not going to enjoy certain types of wrestling. Right. And I think that's okay. I mean, okay. Jim Cornette hates everything. It has anything to do with flippy stuff. <laughs> it's true. Uh, like, uh, personally, I'm not a huge fan of death matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have seen some, but there are some that I just can't watch. It's too much for me. Uh, I mean, but if you're going to do it, you might as well do it well and have a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh like it's not my cup of tea. Like it's like uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Right. That was a good match. It is not the kind of that match that I would seek out. My point is, you're not bashing anyone that likes it, though. Even no. if it's a meaningless match, you're not like saying you shouldn't like that. No. Right. Not at all. She was. Yeah, and so I would have a little bit of an issue with that. But um, as far as it goes, all I can say about that though is that I just, I just hope. I hope she's okay. Uh, and maybe wrestling's not for her. I don't think it is. Uh, um, that's okay, too. Which is, uh, yeah, it's fine. Right? Some things are just not for people. Like, yep. in general. And and if she can come back to wrestling someday, if she wants to, I'm sure wrestling will walk her back, welcome her back with open arms, but I would say stick to the indies. I agree. Where, where you can pick and choose what you want to do. I agree with that. And, uh, and be out of the spotlight uh like instead maybe dedicate your career to helping to make people and get them to the bigger companies because that's a very useful thing a hundred percent there's no shame in that at all not at all it's what um uh mercedes uh in wwe that's what she did for 20 years before she signed with wwe i say it all the time not every single person needs to be the main event of a main show absolutely Uh, like the some people are perfect mid-carders, and that's all they need to be. Right. Uh, and, and it's like, back in the day, jobbers were really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they put over the talent, and they were never going to be main eventers, but they were. They had a very important role to the show. Right. Um, just like I don't think some guys in AEW are not going to be main eventers. But and they're going to. And that is fine. The problem uh, is, though, Josiah, in my opinion, though, is fans seem to not think that's fine. Well, that's because they don't understand the business. Right. Uh, they, they, 
they they know enough to know nothing. Right, sure. That's how I would put it. That's fair. They, they, they know it's a work, but they think because it's a work, their, top, their favorite should be pushed at all times. Right. And in reality, maybe your favorite, objectively speaking, shouldn't be pushed as the top guy. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura in New Japan was my favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. And... I knew watching, though, he was never going to be the top guy over Tanahashi or Okada. He was always the number two. Mm. Could he be that top guy? Probably. But as time has shown, Ghetto made the right choice in having Okada and Tanahashi as the top two guys. It's worked very well for New Japan, and Shinsuke Nakamura played the very important role of being the number two guy behind them. Because that is an important role. Yes. And, and that doesn't mean he's any less. Uh, he was still a main event star. He was still heavily pushed. He had uh, big feuds. He was the co-main event at Wrestle Kingdom, which is a very important role. Absolutely. Uh, and even if he was the opening guy, that's an important role, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that is what you're really good at, Awesome. The key with wrestling and booking wrestlers is finding the right place on the card for people at that time in their career. Right. And maybe you find out this guy's a career tag team guy. He's an amazing tag team guy. Every partner he works with gets better. And so as he gets older, he takes a young guy out of his wing and they become a tag team for a few years. And then you do a split and then he gets another tag team or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's what wrestling needs to keep advancing. Everyone needs to have a position on the card. Right. And the key is finding those people in their positions, putting them in the right position for now, and start saying, well, does this, is this one we should move up? Mm-hmm. And that depends on how they get over. So, like, Jungle Boy and MJF are clearly going to be main eventers right. uh, in AEW, and they should be. Uh, Darby Allen is clearly going to be a main eventer going forward. Uh, I think they could also build up Sammy. Oh, yeah. Sammy's Sam, in a good Sam, position. Sammy Guevara is going to be a main eventer. I'm quite sure. Uh, he's He's got something special, Sammy Guevara. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if he'll be a top heel or top baby face, but he could probably do both. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised that the push starts with this whole MJF is now yep. joining the inner circle because they've been making it clear that he is 100% against a MJF. Uh, being in the inner circle. Yes. And that is good booking mm. because it's building little cracks for, for a year. Chris Jericho has been telling us we never fight in the inner circle. We always get along. Right. And then you introduce MJF and Wardlow to the mix and the cracks start to show. Mm. That's compelling television. When is the break going to happen? And is it going to be MJF overthrowing and kicking out Chris Jericho? Probably something like that. Right. And there's going to be the stable is going to split into two. I was I think Jericho and Sammy are going to go off on their own. You think they'll be a tag team in the tag division? Uh, a tag team for a little bit, and then Sammy will go off on his own as a single star after that. Hmm. That that's my prediction. Okay, we'll see where that goes. So uh, overall, what did you think of Survivor Series 1995? Great show. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, there was a, it, it's weird seeing the wild card uh, match. Um, I think that definitely Bret Hart versus Diesel 
was probably if I if I watch every pay per view in this within the last calendar year of this event of ninety four to ninety five, probably Diesel's best match. Oh yeah, by far, by far. Uh, which, as like I said, that's not really uncommon for Brett to get the best match out of someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, what I what I liked about that match is every little thing Brett did had meaning. Right. Like he, there was no wasted movement in that in that match. Uh, he, and this is one of the things that Bret Hart was so good at. He was so good at all the little things that add up to a big thing at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't he used the chair, but it was Kevin Nash that introduced it or Diesel that introduced yeah. it because they were hinting at the Diesel heel turn, which I can guarantee you Bret came up with that spot. Mm-hmm. Diesel is going to introduce the chair, uh, and even at the start, with both of them removing a turnbuckle pad because it was no holds barred, it was showing you know we're we're both going to do what it takes to win. But Diesel went too far. Right. Brett, however, was working within the rules in the match. Diesel attacked him after the match. Uh, just little subtle storytelling stuff there. Like, Brett would never attack him after the match. It, it wasn't personal for Brett. Right. Um, whereas Diesel was adding an edge to his work throughout the whole match. He was getting angrier and angrier as Brett was out-wrestling him. And, uh, I mean, he put Brett through the table. You know, like, he was escalating the violence. And Brett wins it with a wrestling hold. Right. Uh, and then Diesel turns because he lost. Uh, just it was a really brilliant piece of storytelling uh, from both guys, uh, and this is probably the most praise you'll ever hear from me for Kevin Nash in the ring. Uh, but he sold like crazy for Brett in this match. He worked very hard, and the little subtle things he did, the little heel stuff he did throughout the match, was great. He was the guy who went for the turnbuckle pad first. Right. It wasn't Brett. Brett was just evening the odds so uh thought it was a good show now uh, here, here's the real question though do you think Shawn michaels was mad that Bret hart got a better match out of diesel than he probably did i don't know uh i think he's probably, probably mad he, pro- he probably was uh at that time i don't think he would have been mad in post 2002 but I think he still would have been mad maybe a little bit because you know, that's true. Sean Sean still has that pride, where yeah, I mean, he, just read his nonsense book. He wants to be the best guy on the card. Was it of heartbreak and triumph? Yes. Yeah. Although it's funny, um, his stance on Bret Hart and things like that changed after that book was released, mm-hmm. uh, because him and Bret reconciled after that. Yeah, but you notice that when that book was probably released in what year? Oh, uh, that. 2004, 2005. So it's been 15 years and he hasn't written another book. Very suspicious. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. But uh, I think it didn't Brett recently... Why do I think I read something recently that Bret Hart said, like, Shawn Michaels never, like, apologized to me, which is 100% true. Yeah, I don't think Shawn ever fully apologized. No, of course he didn't, because he's Shawn Michaels. And but, I don't know why people think he's not horrible. But I do... There, with the reconciliation, it was a burial of the hatchet. Was it, or was it just on Brett's side? 
No, I think it was both. I don't think it was on Sean. Uh, like, uh, after his retirement match, uh, Sean's retirement match, the first guy to greet him was Bret Hart backstage. Again, that's a Bret Hart thing. Yeah, I guess it was Bret taking the initiative. Right. But but Bret hugged him, and they laughed, and they talked like old friends, which is astonishing to me. I mean, just the fact that... The level of hatred they had. I mean, I mean, Shawn Michaels has been, been able to fool people before. That's I'm true. Sorry, you're not going to convince. It's, it's you got to make a real hard argument here, and so far I haven't heard it yet. Hey, I I can't speak for the guy's personal motivations, but but I'm just saying anything that you are seeing as reconciliation is not reconciliation on Sean's part. Maybe not, maybe not. But uh, he he talks very highly of Brett now. Does he? Where? Oh yeah, I I've seen him on documentaries and stuff talk talk well about is it, is it the same documentary where he doesn't remember half the shit that he did because it's conveniently Prob- forgotten probably. that's probably true too uh but but yeah like there's no doubt that sean was an absolutely horrific person especially in the 90s mm-hmm. which he himself admits sure uh, he just doesn't apologize for any of it he has for some of it has he oh yeah for yep. can you give me an example I've seen interviews with him on uh, on like um, where he's given his testimony and stuff like that about about his faith. I have not. I mean, that's about his faith. That's not apologizing to a specific person. Well, no, but but he he would talk about the, his past and how he had to uh, apologize to his wife, uh, apologize to uh, family and friends about the way he was. But not any of the wrestlers. Interesting. I don't. Uh, I don't have a specific instance, but he talked about apologizing to people backstage. Uh, I All I can do is take him for his word. Uh, I mean, I haven't even heard it yet, so I have not heard. You're welcome to send me what if you... If, if, you if, have, I, can, if, you find if I can... Uh, I, it, it because, was a long time ago. I can tell if it's insincere or not. It, it was a long time ago that I saw it. Well, so, yeah, like I said, because he uh, probably was on his apology quote-unquote apology spree, whenever this book came out, which is why, because of the fact that he conveniently says, I don't remember certain things, that I'm like, mm, is he really apologizing? Or is he just to these wrestlers in the in the industry, or is he just, you know, apologizing well, to people in his own personal life? And to be fair, it is possible he's been concussed enough times that he doesn't remember everything. Um, but... Well, yeah, but, but he always I, remembers how great he is, though. That is true. That is true. Those are he and, always remembers those. And and I, and I don't disagree with that. Uh, he definitely has an arrogance to him, even today. Right. Uh, but I will say, post two thousand two, he didn't refuse to job to anyone. Sure, that I'll agree with. Yes. Uh, he 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 stopped being a guy who would refuse to job. And he did work very hard to put guys over. I'll agree with that. Uh, so he, he was certainly he had, he less... Passed that, he passed that trade along to his second. Yeah, he, he was He was very much so less selfish. Right. Uh, uh, and I would say that that is certainly a dramatic change in his personality mm-hmm. in that regard. Uh, he stopped caring about whether or not he put people over and actually worked very hard to put... He, like, he's a huge reason why Randy Orton's the star he is today, for example. Uh, and a whole bunch of other guys. Did, I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure they work together, but I would 
credit Mick Foley more than I would Shawn Michaels. Oh, Mick was a huge part of it. Yeah, Mick Foley was absolutely the catalyst. I don't even remember remember a Randy Orton-Shawn Michaels match, to be honest with you. They've had a few good feuds over the years. Um, And a few good matches. But uh, yeah, Mick Foley Foley made Randy Orton, for sure. Uh, But uh, I would say Shawn was um, part of how he became such a good worker. Uh, mainly because, well, you, if you work with Sean long enough, you're going to learn things about right, how, to sure. work, how to work. Like I said, I'll we're, never take away anything from his in-ring stuff. That's, you know, he's, yeah. he's incredible in the ring. He's just a he's, garbage person. Uh, well, I, I would certainly say that as far as it goes, he's not as selfish as he used to be. Uh, and in I, I was that's a positive trait. Sure. Uh, in the ring, anyways, yeah. Uh, because he's... Like, you look at uh, his career post-2002, and you see all the guys he did the job to. Sure, like I said, I agree with that. He's lost to so many guys. Uh, And he he always, uh, except for the match with Hogan. I was just going to say, except for Hogan. But he jobbed. He did job to Hogan. He did job in his own Uh, way. Correct. but, but But to be fair, it was Hogan refusing to job to him. That led to Sean doing that. Well, that was always going to be big. I remember when I saw it, I was like, oh, God, both of these guys are going to fucking refuse to lose to each other. The funny thing is about it, uh, that match was still good, even with Sean's overselling. Mm. Sean somehow dragged a good match out of Hulk Hogan. By the way, <laughs> note to people, so, like, I always said back, like, Back in the 90s, they would say, like, oh, what if this person went to WCW? And one that would always come up eventually is... Shawn Michaels going to WCW, and I'm like, he would have never gone. And no. he said, why? I'm like, because he wouldn't have the power that he has now. Because no, he, he, he would be confronted with Hogan, and what you see that happened in 2006 just proves it. Yeah, he he wouldn't have been able to compete with Hogan, the politician, and right. the tantrums he would have thrown. Yeah. And uh, especially in the 90s, yeah. uh, like he, he would have just thrown so many tantrums that they would have fired him. Like, if you think that Eric Bischoff was choosing Shawn Michaels over Hulk Hogan, you're insane. No, he, he would never have chosen Shawn Michaels over Hulk even though he probably should have chosen Shawn over Hogan. I don't know about that. I mean, Hogan did revolutionize things again as much as he's kind That's of true. down upon now. And it was just how it ended, that it didn't end well. Right. He, sh- he should have job clean to Sting in Starcade 97. Correct. But uh, in reality, he did he was the reason why WCW exploded, him and Sting. Right. Um, and him being the third man specifically. Because yeah. if it was that, someone else, it might not have gone as well. No, I, and I don't think it could have gone as well. Uh, there were a few other people in the mix if Hogan said no, mm-hmm. and Sting was one of Sting them. Was and one. Can you imagine that would have been horrible with Sting? Yeah, people would have been very upset by that. And then, And then eventually, if Hogan never did it, Think about it. Then Walt Hogan would be like, all right, cool, and like two pay-per-views, me versus Sting, we'll build it up, I get the win, and it's over then. And the NWO would be dead. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like yeah. how it was in WWE when Hogan lost right away. Yes, uh, because WWE can't book a stable for their life. They can't book an invasion angle. Every invasion oh, angle they've ever had, they cannot do. Uh, and it's one thing, WCW didn't screw up until Starcade 97. It's true. Sure. They bo- they booked it for a year and a half and it was awesome. Right. Uh, it's it's hard to believe you walk you watch ninety five to ninety seven of Nitro. 
how well booked that show was for the most right. part. I agree. It's astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with how badly they went off the tracks in mid-98. Right, but even though they were still reaping the rewards from 90, 98 because of the fact that 97 was so good. Yes, yeah. It, it, all of 98, they, they still made a hugely profitable year. That's actually the most profitable year. It was 98. Yeah. Uh, and... And they wrote, uh, and they made a star. My goodness, they made Goldberg. Right. Even though uh, I hate him. I, even though you hate him, but he was still a huge star. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, he was a big draw. He drew him and Hogan drew forty five thousand people for a Nitro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a legitimate forty five thousand. It should people. have been a pay per view, but I mean that's here hearsay. Right, uh, and uh, that show did. Yeah, they it did forty five thousand people. They announced on TV it was thirty three because they're WCW, uh, <laughs> but it was it was a legitimate forty five thousand people sellout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's insane. That's a WrestleMania crowd. Yeah, for a Nitro. Hell, and then I think WWE in nineteen ninety nine decided to try to go to the same place too. I think they succeeded though, actually. Like, I think uh, they, did, they, did, they didn't do 45,000. They didn't do 45,000? Okay. I, I, no. I they, they, uh, they ran Raw in the Sky Dome once, and they drew like 20,000, 25,000. Yeah, I think that and was it, the one with the Austin gauntlet, corporate gauntlet thing. Might have been, yeah. Uh, uh, but it's funny. that they, No matter at their peak, the WWF could not draw those kind of numbers for their TV, mm. uh, which is very strange, even when they were winning in the ratings. Yeah. Uh, it just goes but, to show you there was a separate WCW audience than there was a WWE audience. Very similar to uh, AEW these days. Right, uh, yeah. The, the, the trend has shown AEW's audience is not the WWE audience. Right, there are people that are looking for something outside, just like how when everyone thought when WWE bought out WCW, all these fans would just magically just go to WWE, and some of them didn't. And uh, really, for many of those people on that day, wrestling died. They never sure, came back. absolutely. Uh, some have uh, some have come back for AEW because it's, uh, it's wrestling on TNT. Exactly, and some had some did migrate to WWE or T- or TNA or uh, New Japan. Like some of them did do that, but the majority just stopped watching. Yeah, uh, it would be very interesting to see if AEW can eventually, after a few years on TNT, start to get that some of that audience back. Right. Um. I think but, I think some of the things that they're doing will help. I mean, I to be I know that this is going to sound silly, but I think a game is a big deal for them to to help with that. Absolutely, because a regular a regular person that might not watch a program might hear about a good game and play a game and play it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that was a part of the um, WWE Revenge. That oh, is man. the top selling Nintendo sixty four wrestling game of all time. Mm. Uh, except for I think WWF Attitude actually outsold it, but its reviews were so bad that the sequel, or it was Warzone, yeah, it was Warzone outsold it, but the reviews were so horrible that Attitude sold nothing. Mm. Uh, the sequel, but WCW NWO Revenge was nearly two million yeah, units sold, I that. and it was non-wrestling fans purchasing it, playing the game, thinking it was cool, and watching WCW because of the game. Right, because it's a good game. That's the whole thing. Like, that's yeah, it, it was a really great. It's thing. a very rare thing. It's very. It's a rare situation where you can do something and someone will be like, "Oh, I'm not a fan of this, but now I am. So let me check out something else that they're doing." Exactly. Being a video game. 
if uh, they put a, a crazy match in the game mode, they they put the stadium stampede in there. Right. Oh my god! Oh, don't even start if that's well, in there. Well, it, it it may not be, but let's just say they do now something. I'm thinking that maybe it might be. And and the game mode is so fun that they say, well, I want to see this in real life. Right. And they go they go watch the match and they have fun watching the match and suddenly they're fans. Exactly. Um, I the video games are a very great way to expand your audience. And uh, the, I, non-wrestling fans will play wrestling games. I have I have played wrestling video games with non-wrestling fans, and they have fun playing them. So I hope the game does really well. And it I, th- they need to put a lot of uh, pokers in the fire, so to speak, mm-hmm. irons in the fire, uh, to to start to get more of that mainstream acceptance. But they their number overall numbers are not probably as high as they as I would like but their rating itself the rating is very high mm-hmm. for for them they're usually number two or three on the night except for non-news programming right and they are getting 1.7 viewers per home which is attitude era numbers so mm-hmm. it means that families are watching the show right which is what happened in the attitude era uh, so the people who watch AEW tend to watch it with their families, hmm. whereas the people who watch WWE tend to be 50 plus and watching it on their own, apart right. from their family. So I think that's an interesting trend the, sure. in, in, in the statistics on the ratings. So the, the, it just it just means AEW pr- has a younger audience and will likely make more younger fans. Right, I agree. And so we may see a payoff to that in a few years down the road when AEW is suddenly over 1 million viewers every week and there might be beating Raw and SmackDown in the 18-49 to 49 demo. Mm-hmm. They've, they've already beaten Raw a few times in the 18-34 to 34 demo. Right. Uh, it's just interesting to track. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to outgrow WWE or anything like that. Right. But I do think they're going to carve a very nice market for themselves. Sure, I, I agree with that, certainly. I right, Josiah, let's get your final plugs here and let's head out of here. All right, so you can follow me on Twitter at WR underscore Central. Uh, and that's really all about it right now. I'll post my articles there that I do for Daily DTT or The Wrestling Observer. Um, you can follow me on Twitch, WR underscore Central as well. Uh, I haven't been doing a lot of streaming, but I will be getting back to that hopefully soon. What are you playing uh, on there? Uh, right now I am playing Trials of Cold Steel, which is a, a JRPG. I've heard but, of it. But I'm not playing it on Twitch right now, but I am playing that right now. Um, are you playing on Twitch, though? I'm probably going to play... Probably going to play, play Assassin's Creed on on Twitch at some point. Okay. The new Assassin's Creed. I, some haystacks? Pretty much, yeah. And, <laughs> That's all you I know, know about that game. Uh, this one uh, takes place in the Viking world, so it's... And it's, um, oh, weird, okay. It's, uh, it's a little... It's got a lot of new features that are... It has more violence than previous ones, so I haven't encountered that yet, so I, I don't know if it'll... Like I'm, I have no problem playing it, but I don't know if I want to stream it because my channel I kind of consider relatively family friendly. Okay. Because uh, I don't swear and stuff like that. I guess but some I'm of the not games. Coming on there. 
<laughs> you can come into the chat. That's fine. Okay. Are you allowed cursing in the chat? Because I'm sure if you bring up the right thing, I'll be uh, I'll be very upset. Or bring up the wrong thing, I guess. I, I just will, like just I, like I did with the just like I did with my uh, the coworker I mentioned earlier. I would allow cursing in the chat. Yeah, usually I, I don't I don't moderate it too closely. Listen, just don't mention the Undertaker. Apparently, that's a trigger. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Uh, it will it will trigger your rage. By the way, one but but one of my favorite lines came from that. I forgot to fit real quick finish that is so. Then he said to I forgot to mention he says to me he's like, oh did you know the Undertaker and Kane up? Yes, they're having a documentary come out. And I go, oh what's it called? Brothers and bullshit. And I'm like, that's <laughs> actually a great name for a documentary. Brothers and bullshit. That's what I want as a real hey, documentary yes. for someone. It doesn't even have to, yeah, it doesn't have to be Kane or Taker. Right. right. Be, <laughs> it could be anyone. That's why, yeah, like I guess I get, I guess the Undertaker's my, my, one of my triggers right now, at least. Probably because he's all around. But, but he yeah. shouldn't be, which is the point. Well, I, I'm quite sure he's not going to wrestle at Survivor Series. I don't care. I just don't even want him to show up. Yeah, at that, at that point, it's like. Let's celebrate the gobbledygooker instead. Um, okay, sorry, did you give your, uh, all your plugs? Yeah, yeah, uh, just at WR Central, everywhere. Uh, <laughs> basically Twitter and Twitch. Uh, I, I don't have Instagram anymore or anything like that, I just deleted it because I wasn't using it. Right, yeah, uh, I found out the hard way. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a message from you after, it's like, did you delete your Instagram? I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened, I don't know if it's someone might have took your old name or I typed in your name and it was like not found. And that's what made me ask you about it. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I rarely I probably just recorded when you was like, show up with Josiah at, and then that's what it happened. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you were probably trying to tag me in something. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I, I just got rid of that. So yeah, just follow my stuff there. Daily DDT.com wrestling observer.com. And, uh, that's that. All right. And for me, it's that's podcasting.com. That's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter, uh, on Twitter specifically, you can listen to me comment or read about me commenting about random pro wrestling theme songs. <laughs> while I'm apparently while I'm at work, because what'll happen is I'll play either the WWE, AEW, or Impact playlist that's on there, and then I'll just be like, whatever I feel like, yeah, this song was boring, or this was a great song. <laughs> Although some, I, I will say this: at some points, Josiah, I feel like my opinions might be more swayed depending on what kind of work day I have. That makes sense. So, like, if I'm like really angry, I'm like, "Fuck this song," like, it, or or if the, the song is a particularly angry song, you'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like, if it's a good angry, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pumped up now." You know what song won't? So this WWE's playlist that I found supposedly has like 20 hours of WWE songs. Okay. But like every time you put play a Spotify playlist, it doesn't remember the last time what you've already listened to. Oh, no. So it can be whatever. Like, it really is random every time I hit play. You know whose theme song keeps popping up and is complete garbage? Who? Lacey Evans. Oh, gosh. Yeah, her theme is no good. 
And then what's the, the saddest thing is like what at some point like I always get bummed about this is a like like I'll have a theme song I like like maybe I'll have a little bit of the Bushwhackers and then Repo Man and then like Stone Cold Steve Austin and then uh, Voodoo Child Hollywood Hogan and then out of nowhere it's like here's fucking Drew Gulak. <laughs> it, it, there's a a drastic change in quality from Jim Johnson's themes to the more modern ones. Well, that's because CFO that's, Dollar Sign's terrible. He has like five themes that I think and, are even good. And well, he's not even doing WWE themes anymore. Not anymore. Thank God. Maybe there's a so, shot then. Well, no, they're even worse now. They're like they're worse than CFO. Uh, By the way, I heard they bro- I heard they were a group and broke up. I'm not sure. I don't know. I wonder if it was because of how terrible the WWE songs were. They were like, no, nope, that's <laughs> it. We're done as a group. No, I'll yeah. tell you, I, I, if I can remember correctly, the three so- the songs that I like, Shinsuke Nakamura. That's a good one. one. Of them. Um, what was the other one? There was, I think there's like three. that I, One of them is one that you'll never expect that I like. Um, Mike and Maria Canales. <laughs> That's that's a that's a power ballad. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a good song. I'm like, oh wow, where did this come from in my life? Uh, yep. That one and oh, God, like I said, it's such a struggle to even find five of them. And I like the Bray Wyatt song, but that's not CFO Dollar Slide, so that doesn't count. No, no, that's that's, uh, um, that's that's a band that Bray got to do it himself. Is that how that worked? I thought they ju- they just like had this song it already exist. And no, bought the rights to it. Uh, the when the theme Bray, I think Bray worked with them for the song, or he heard the song, and he went to them and said, "I want that to be my theme." Uh, initially, mm-hmm. and then it was remixed with the metal version they have now. But uh, yeah, I, I think he collaborated with the band to make that happen. Oh wow, okay. Either way, though, still not a WWE original song, so I don't mm-hmm. count that one. Who the hell's the other one? Name me, like, theme songs that people like in the last two or three years. Oh, gosh. Real quick, uh, and then we'll head out of here. Because now this is annoying me that I can't think of the third one. Is it poppy sounding? Maybe. I don't know. I like weird stuff sometimes, so it's hard. It's like to... a, you're not going to get much more pop than uh, the babyface theme for, like, Bailey or Sasha Banks. It's or... definitely neither of them. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, um, you know what? I'm just going to music group discography. Okay. <laughs> and let me see here. Themes by CFO dollar sign. Let me see if I can browse this real quick and see what it might be. Ah, I feel like mm, Gorgeous was okay, but I don't think that's the one I'm thinking uh, of. Tyler Breeze, yeah, he sings that one himself. That one's not bad. I guess because, um, oh, God. Girl Bye is on here. Oh, that's not very good. Actually, <laughs> I like the beat. I just wish she wouldn't say stuff during it. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, just trying to browse through as, as quick as possible here. It, it might be the Tyler Breeze song that I'm thinking of. But it is very catchy, Tyler well, Breeze's name. Also, it's... it's it's custom. Yeah. Which is what and I like, like from a theme song. Like, you can't really he, give it to many other people. And he sings his own theme, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess it might be. 
Tyler Breeze, because I don't... Oh, Rebel Heart's terrible. That was another one that comes on that I hate. That's uh, Johnny Gargano. It's Johnny Gargano's, yeah, yeah. <sighs> what That's, a so, song. Tommaso Ciampa's is not bad, but it repeats itself too much. I don't think I know that one. Or I heard it and I just didn't really... It's gotta, it's gotta be... Um, um, mm, gorgeous. Because none okay. of the other ones are popping up to me. Yeah. But anyway, like- that's podcasting.com. That's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. Sorry, everyone. Uh, thank you, Josiah, <laughs> for being here. And uh, everyone have a great uh, rest of the month. Uh, bye.